0: I could use your help with something. Anything, sir. You see, we've hired some new scare recruits, and frankly, they're, they're, um, uh... Inexperienced? Oh, they stink. Uh
1: Uh-huh. I thought maybe you might come by tomorrow and uh, give them a demonstration.
0: Show them what it takes to be our top scarer, huh? I'll start out with the old water noose jump and growl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! Oh, yes. Now that's my boy.
1: Tripod, a podcast about cinema's unofficial trilogies, three films which are not linked by the usual elements of characters or plot, but instead are connected by a director or writer or actor, or sometimes much, much, much less. I'm Matt. I am Tyree. And today we're continuing Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time trilogy with his final spaghetti western made in 1971, Duck, You Sucker. Duck, You Sucker. Is Connery in this film? No, uh, as, no, no, no. no. I pay you know, a limitation. Do you know? Connery. Do you know? I've seen two. I don't know if I've seen many more than this, but i like recently. Um, we mentioned it last episode. I saw The Great Escape a few weeks ago. And oh yeah. Then that. Um, James Coburn's in that. Too, yeah, right? yeah. And I didn't. Uh, I didn't make that connection until I was like, oh, it's because he was the like Australian dude in that film. He's Australian. He's Australian in that film. So I realized Man. I've seen now like two kind of prime Coburn films, and neither time has he done his original. Like, I'm imagining he's not Irish. He's American, yeah. right?
2: I he's American, I believe. With an Irish name probably But you've seen him in Monsters Inc though. Yeah, but American in that. Yeah, he
1: is. But is that his? Is that do you think he's doing? Is that his real voice, or is he doing like? I think it's pretty close to his real voice. Or was he like method, where he's like, "What would a big crab sound like?
2: (laughs) (laughs) What would a Lovecraftian crab (laughs) sound like that runs a business?"
1: (laughs) He's pretty. He's amazing in that film. Yeah, he's good. Really good. Really nice. He he really like that. That's a really. He's got a really nice voice.
2: I used to love. Well, when I first got into movies and started thinking about them uh, as a kid, turning into a teenager, I used to look at. Um the cast of like Pixar movies and mm. then like go, Oh I know that actor and oh that's who that guy is, I recognize him from that. Yeah, I And I was still always like, Oh that crab must be someone. That. that crab must be someone I know. And I Googled it and I was like, I didn't at the time didn't know who James Coburn was. And I was like, Oh okay, I d don't know this guy. Anymore. It feels like you suffer
1: a defeat, like where you're yeah. just like oh but I don't know. I, th- I knew
2: Billy Crystal and I knew yeah, yeah, um, yeah. uh, Sully. What's his, no, I've his name? I John Goodman. John Goodman, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Steve Buscemi and everything, but then I was like, but oh, who's the crab? I don't know <laughs> crab. But now I do. Who's which the is crab great. Now I tux. can revisit Monsters Inc. again. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. Um, Sullivan! <laughs> um, yeah. That's his crab legs crawling across the floor.
1: Pretty, pretty great. Weird that they yeah. had, he was doing that in this movie as well. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Duck You Sucker. Interesting film. Obviously, yeah. the connection to, you know, the, the being the middle child of this trilogy. Yeah. People might be like, "Why is it a once upon a time trilogy yeah do you, do you have uh the info on that the with, yeah. the with the name kind of uh big big scandal and big, big uh, what's the word like the, the scoop
2: the what's scoop? the scoop on the title yeah, yeah, it would Duck certainly help a
0: real would, weird name it would
2: certainly help our case if it was called once upon a time et cetera et cetera, because the other two movies have that in their title, yeah, um,
1: this was originally called that though, in the in its original screenplay name was, yeah. was that, wasn't it? Leonie,
2: yeah, Leone's first choice was Once Upon a Time, dot 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 The Revolution. Which it, it got that name in France. Yeah. I think as it was released it was released as that in France. Once upon a time in the revolution? No, just once upon a time, dot dot dot. The, the revolution. revolution. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, 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 I mean French are big on revolutions, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They they wrote the book on it. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and the musical as well. United Artists. <clears throat> Uh, they didn't want audiences to get confused with another movie that came out from uh, or a movie by Bertolucci, who was one of the writers on the previous film we did, Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah. He had made a movie called Before the Revolution. And I don't know why they were worried that Americans might get confused by that. It seems like the but studios in
1: these days and probably still now, like all of Are the... Dumb. Well, assume that the audience is dumb. Yeah. Where they're like, yeah, oh, we don't want to confuse them. We don't think this will play. We don't want to do like... Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, got it's the same freedom. reason that they, they even changed the name that they then called it because then yeah. they were like, well, because what was... Leone, uh the Italian title mm. uh, literally translated. I wrote it down on my phone, the Italian uh, actual name, which was... Um,
2: Gio la testa. Yeah, la testa,
1: Corleone, which means keep your head down, bulls. But they removed the bulls part and just called it Gio la testa, which is just keep your head down, which I think is suits this f- film in terms of... I can imagine
2: of... Justin Timberlake working at the United Artists studio and going, lose the balls. Just <laughs> keep your head down. It wasn't balls, though. It was <laughs> bulls. Huh? It was bulls, like bull. Bulls? Yeah, not balls. I'm pretty sure it was balls. 100% no. (laughs) What are you talking about? Maybe I fucked up. I thought... What do you mean? So we we watched the same behind-the-scenes film. Keep your head down, balls. What? Leone's biographer saying... (laughs) Leone's biographer saying, well, explaining this, basically. Um, I thought I thought he said balls. No, balls. Maybe that's why, because I was trying to translate it using Google Translate, and I was like, that's No, because
1: Carlione means means balls, but also, like, carne is like the, the Latin kind of meat. Balls. Meat or, you know, beef or whatever. So, ah. yeah, I, I'm assuming, I mean, maybe it's balls as well, but no, keep your head down, balls is like a, you know, Keep your head down, fighters, kind of a thing.
2: Ah, okay, um, that makes a bit more sense. Maybe yeah. I was really confused as to what the Italian. I mean, should I, mean, should I look up the definition of "carla"? Like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is. No, because I tried translating this on Google Translate, and it didn't pan out the way I wanted it <laughs> to. Because I was like, "That's this is not working." Uh, whatever. I didn't want to second guess Christopher frailing I mean, he wrote the book on Leone, so. Well, this is you,
1: you. You bring this up, and you you mentioned it last episode that you didn't. You didn't have the chance at, or you forgot to talk about it, but you you told me this amazing story about this guy who did this did this biography on me. I mean, he's such a uh, well-educated man when it comes to spaghetti westerns in this period of time, which was kind of just like a decade in the '60s into the early '70s.
2: Yeah. So Sir Christopher Frayling, to use his full title, Mm. uh, was knighted for his contribution to the arts in his hometown or his home country of the United Kingdom, or, or you know, Britain, whatever. Anyway, he was the first or one of the first people to really Recognize and appreciate leone 's work, and so committed it to some to some really fine books out there mm. sort of the Bible on leone, anything like spaghetti western or you know leone yeah um and for that con- contribution and tons of other stuff that he did, he was knighted, but he one thing he learned was when you get knighted, you get to pick your your sort of crest or your coat of arms mm. and I thought this was crazy. he was telling this on some other interview. He was like, all right, what can I do? What what can be special about my crest? And so he decided to, like, embed all these secret little nods to Spaghetti Westerns in his... um in his coat of arms. And he got students from the university he was working at to do it. He kind of got like free labor from them just to workshop <laughs> it a bit. And I was like, yeah, just do this. I'll give you a, you know, a bonus credit or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so on there is, number one, instead of a ribbon, which a lot of crests have at the bottom, a mm-hmm. little ribbon, which has like a little motto of theirs. Latin, yeah. Like, yep. He chose, what's that sort of flat, long spaghetti? Do you know what that one's called? Um, Probably like linguine or something. Linguine. He chose, I mean, it pretty much looks like a ribbon anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says it's linguine. (laughs) It's pasta. (laughs) It's pasta, damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's British. Spaghetti. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's pasta. Yeah. Uh, um, And on that, he, in Latin, I don't know what, I don't know how to pronounce the Latin, but he got the phrase, and uh, what was it? Go ahead, punk, make my day, which is like a Clint Eastwood line from some movie, I think. Dirty Harry, I Probably think, Probably yeah. Dirty Harry, yeah, yeah Which yeah, is yeah.
1: funny, because that's not from, I think, it's I not don't a West, think it's It's from not a Western, from, but yeah.
2: like he was like, well, this guy's famous for... Uh, he's, is it from Good, the Bad, the Ugly, or Dirty Harry? I think it's from Dirty Harry. I don't know. Probably. It's yeah. from something. Clint it's, Eastwood said it. It's definitely the vibe
1: of those movies, though, isn't yeah, it? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, so that's one thing. He has bullet holes, like a sort of riddle, like... <laughs> You can't the thing imagine as well. the queen would have been too happy. She would have been like, what the fuck is it like? Well, what he keeps on saying in the interview is like, it was just like so excited for like scholars 10,000 years in the future to find <laughs> this crest. and go, now, what was happening? Was there a war going on? Right. Is that why there's holes?' Oh, wars? that's so good.
0: That's
2: amazing. <laughs> um, not quite related to uh, Spaghetti Westerns, but he also has a dodo on top. Uh, with it's Holding drinking, some, like, drink, It's yeah. drinking from the Goblet of Fire I don't oh. know if it's a reference to Harry Potter of the Goblet of Fire is like a symbol in Literature or artwork or something like that But the idea is Dodo drinks it It turns into phoenix And a lot of like crests would have like a phoenix Because mm. that's
1: pretty cool Goblets are often associated with like um, Immortality or kind of like uh, Yeah you know, With the, the kind of whole it. Holy Grail and all yeah. that kind of stuff So yeah so, it kind of makes Yeah So definitely why check Why the it Dodo out.
2: though? Uh, so the idea At the university he teaches that And I don't know which one that is mm. There are included in their seal or their like their logo is a dodo, and then a phoenix. And the idea is you come in as a dodo, you leave sort of reborn as, oh. a, as a man <laughs> or a woman or a woman or a person. You, yeah. you leave yeah, as an yeah, educated yeah. person, yeah, basically cool. a phoenix, if you will. Love that. Uh, and so it was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have, have that on there. That sounds so like he a really rad he quest. really wanted to he really wanted to you know tickle the minds of future scholars with this one, but. Yeah, I definitely check it out. So Christopher Frayling's Crest or Coat of Arms. It's out there on the internet. You can find it. It's very funny.
1: I love the idea of doing something that you're like, in a thousand years from now, people might be like, huh? Like, uh. <laughs> yeah. So this guy frayling he, like Maybe they'll said, use
2: this podcast to like figure out- Oh the, yeah, the, we will have just the given mystery. them-
1: This will be like the ultimate yeah. find where they're like, we
2: finally got it. Yeah. But
1: it'll be like one of those recorded- um, distorted recordings where it's yeah. like so the the reason behind the quest is <laughs> or
2: like they just don't speak English at like our version of English yeah, anymore. Yeah. So they're like, well we don't have a, you know, a comprehensive translation of this language, but we're pretty sure they're saying this. But yeah. they would say it in their future alien language, I guess.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but this guy Frailing, you like you were saying, he kind of was the was the the leading knowledge on, on yeah. uh Leone.
2: Yeah. And, and he really helped um give him the credit he was sort of due for all his contribution to the cinema Mm. and that kind of stuff but that was a quick sidebar and then going back just one page to the title it's also known as this film that we are reviewing today or analyzing on what have you talking Mm. about uh is also known as a fistful of dynamite yes which was
1: the again the studios being mm. like well Duck you sucker! Because the 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 Italian thing of of uh, um, put your head down, balls mm. or balls or whatever it was, um, hold your balls, <laughs> balls was, was basically the the Italian kind of direct translation was duck you sucker, yeah. Which Leone apparently um, it was like. He thought it was a common American. was like Americans go around saying this all the time, and it's like it, trust they didn't, me, yeah. they say it all the I'm time. I'm Italian. Trust me, I know what the <laughs> Americans are like. And uh, yes, and then so, but that was such a kind of maligned, disliked title that they were like, no, yeah. let's 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 get the let's get the seats filled with a more Leone title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually really like what um, Fistful of Dynamite because yeah. it kind of plays with the idea of Fistful of Dollars. And yeah. then and then but then it's it's so people would have gone in being like, Oh it'll be like that and That's then it's why kind I of I don't
2: like it. I don't like it for that reason. It does I... sound cool, but as soon as you bring in the Yeah, as soon as you think about a fistful of dollars. I don't know. Just kind of I, I like it because... me.
1: I like it because it. It um, I prefer. I think once upon a time it's better. Than dot, than the Ducky revolution Shooker is better. Probably. Yeah, I think yeah, that's
2: better. the best one.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. But but in terms of like the subversion of like people going in and being like, yeah. oh, it'll be like a fun like early Leone kind yeah. of like just wet fun western with a lot of yeah. you know. It's a sequel
2: to the this one. Hooray. Yeah,
1: and then it was yeah. like you know because this film this film really surprised me about how much it like kind of. Ch- I I when in the first twenty half an hour I thought mm. it was just going to be a heist film and the the way it transpired and the way it uh like just grew on me as i was watching it it was i didn't expect it to be this this grim this like hard to watch in Mm. certain parts Mm. um and like also just yeah really kind of a a very interesting exploration in into kind of the nature of revolutions and the truth behind them and things like that it was i really enjoyed
2: it and also friendship (laughs) yeah the importance of
1: and also tying a bunch of rich racists up in a wagon and stripping the, <laughs> their clothes. And in one, in and this brings up something I wanted to uh, talk about last episode, which is there was a stunt that happened in Once Upon a Time in the West where one of the guys in the saloons or whatever is shot from a window yep. and falls through like a, a roof and then onto the decking of the...
2: He falls the, like three times. He keeps on hitting surfaces and then so, he's going but down. But he
1: lands in a down. way that I'm like... Oh, that stunt had to have gone wrong because, like, yeah. he and there are certain there's th- that and also there's a there's this um, uh, stunt or this this <coughs> sequence at the start of this film where they where they tie up the the um, rich you know um, elitists hmm. and th- you know they fly off this wagon. Yeah, I was like that. Oh, that, that would have sucked. Just, yeah, yeah, that, they yeah. were naked and they, they fell so in frail. dirt. And one of them gets into landed. They fall into a sty of pigs. One of pigs. them gets landed on by two others as well.
2: Completely naked. Sandwiched by dogs. I was like, this. I, so yeah I, yeah, I don't know. And they, you get they you it. get like, you get full dick. Goes yeah. right out to the priests as well. Full, full ass as A man well of the cloth the, just yeah. like attacks you with like full balls yeah. and, and wang.
1: Yeah, maybe that's yeah. why it was keep your head down, Bowls. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, what did you think? I didn't. I didn't know much. I didn't know much going into this. I film. knew. What
2: I knew think? bugger all this movie. You I knew a little bit it. that
1: it was about the Mexican Revolution, though, which you said oh, knew last yeah, episode, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was what. That was what like, I, I found out about. But when I started watching it, I didn't expect it to go mm-hmm. that deep into it. I, went, I f- kind yeah. of forgot about that detail. And then when it started the way it did, I was like, oh, it's just going to be about this guy who's kind of traversing that as opposed yeah. to being involved in it.
2: Yeah. To me, this movie, I mean, number one, I liked this a bit. Yeah. I did I say it? a bit? I liked it. I, I liked, liked it a lot. It. it was good. Yeah. 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 It was definitely different and it wasn't my favorite of his. There's some there's some odd things going on in there and I don't think it worked on all the fronts it was fighting on I don't think. Yeah. But I think I would we'll agree. Get that. That.
1: Certainly not compared to the previous film that we've watched like in terms of how that just kind of works. Oh yeah. In every aspect. Yeah, yeah. Um, that
2: movie was like kind of undeniable whereas this one it's like, you know, you can pick at some there's things. Some notes. And, yeah. some yeah, notes. Yeah. I wouldn't ever bring them up to Leone himself because, well, he's dead, but he's also he's way also, more clued in than I am. I am. He also
1: would uh, probably slap me like uh, like Juan slaps all of his kids in this yeah. film repeatedly.
2: <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, no, I like this movie a lot. It's, yeah, very different. It's got them robot horses. Uh, them robot horses. <laughs> hey, what it was, you call them?
1: I, I, Bikes. It, it surprised me when that motorbike showed up. Because yeah. I was like thinking that it was a Western set in the 1800s, and then all of a sudden I was like, "Oh, it's Ooh. this is early 1900s, yeah. like kind of thing." They yeah, have industry,
2: yeah, the industry. Kind of, yeah, I was really that was, yeah. that was a cool point of difference. Well, this is the one. This is one of the connecting threads that join all these films together. It's, it's sort of traversal through time, mm. starting with the the sort of maybe would you call it the end of the Manifest Destiny period with the Once Upon a Time in the West or. What do the you bridge mean between that? east and west is sort of ending. There's a period oh, in American yeah, history called Manifest Destiny. Yeah, that's yeah, when right. The east
1: was sort. Of, well, the west was. Yeah, go and make conquered. your own. Go and make your own. Yeah, futures yeah, yeah kind yeah, of thing.
2: Yeah. That's it, and I forget the exact period of time it's set in, but you know, mm. sort of the close of that era. Era, mm. and then someone <laughs> got annoyed at me for using the word era because I never say era. You, what you, what do, do, say, do you use yeah. the word era? I think I said era. Uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. It makes. Sense. I always, for some reason, just call it era. I don't know though. Maybe I think era don't. makes more sense. Because well, yeah, like era, era sounds era? like the it's a mistake. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, once upon a time in the West is is the earliest film in this sort of trilogy, and then yeah, this yeah. one's you know flashing flashing forward a couple of years, mm. heading further maybe south towards the border. Yep. And then the next one's flashing forward another. Only like tw- like ten a few years. Decades. I think. Th- I think Only like a- ten years, though. But oh, really? Well, because this is like set maybe what nineteen eighteen. Yeah, about then. Like, you know, this uh, once upon a time Mexican in America. Revolution
1: was nineteen ten to nineteen twenty ish. Once yeah. upon
2: a time in America is set in the thirties. Yeah, right. So it's okay. like it's weird to think that like. I mean, it could be like the end of the thirties. Could be like nineteen thirty Yeah, yeah. But it's still ten, twenty years. But you're right. The, the
1: world in this film, as opposed to the previous, this one feels a lot more like the world has gotten smaller in the sense that, like, there's a lot of people mixing. It's a lot more yeah. globalized. Like, it's yeah. not uncommon to go from to go and live in a different country yeah. to kind of hear about world events. Mm. Um, so um, I don't know. Yeah, does the world feel smaller or bigger? I don't know. But it, mm. it just feel people feel more connected. And feels it, different. That's for sure. Yeah, and I guess it's it's. um there's a lot of political kind of uprisings happening around the world you know yeah. um mm. both both in the in the um time that this movie was released like in the in the early 70s there was like unrest in italy there was unrest in mm. in uh in france with a lot of the students protesting and things like that mm. um but also um back you know in the time that it's set In the early 1900s, it was, you know, obviously the Mexican Revolution and it was talking, it was kind of, yeah, a a lot about that kind of thing and and the realities Mm. of it, I guess. Yeah,
2: there's a lot going on in this movie. To Mm. me, in my mind, this movie has like more in common with like Mad Max than it does Once Mm. Upon a Time in the West. Which is a weird thing to say. Well, but a, hear me out. Folks. I feel like hear you'd be, me You'd out. be
1: really correct if that tank had done anything. Like you know. It well, felt yeah. Like it the was,
2: weir- there's this weird like. I mean, number one, there's a lot of like historical inaccuracies with the guns they're using. Yeah, and, like, yeah. And yeah. Even thing. in the
1: IRA stuff, because that was we the just IRA were looking thing, that yeah, like, yeah that yeah. up and it you know that that didn't start until kind of like. 1919, yeah. or something, and this movie's set like a little bit before then,
2: probably. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it looks like a, obviously, you know, it's set in like a desert, so it looks like this nightmarish post apocalyptic hellscape. Mm. Um, there's all this fighting and blood going on. No one, I mean, aside from Juan, no one's having too much fun. No. Juan's the only guy who's sort of like, well, I mean, that's not true. James Coburn's character is always laughing a bit. Now, is but, he like, is even like
1: John or Sean? John. I his thought friend's so.
2: called Sean. His friend's called Sean? His friend in the flashbacks. Right, okay. There are flashbacks I think, in this movie. I think
1: the, what was the guy with the crest name? The,
2: uh, Christopher Frayling. he Did he, yeah, he screw up in me. the documentary? In this documentary. He talks
1: about right, Sean yeah. as if it's John, but I'm like, wait, maybe that's, maybe I'm wrong in that, yeah, because yeah. they keep saying Juan and John, and I'm like, are they saying John or Sean? I was like, but I knew it was John throughout the movie. I just got confused when he was like, Sean.
2: So he must have gotten his he must have got all crossed up (laughs) when future scholars find this recording they'll know that christopher frayling got crossed up in this uh (laughs) behind the scenes doco he made maybe 10 20 years ago i don't even know yeah yeah he says juan and sean when he's when he's referring to john's flashbacks yes the two characters in that is john played by james coburn yeah and then sean played by some guy, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But he calls them Juan and Sean, <laughs> Some guy. and that's what causes the confusion. Because yes. like, wait, what? Yeah. When did Juan go? When did Juan go to Ireland?
1: We we should get yeah exactly. We should get yeah. into the uh into the story and stuff. Well, but, but we should.
2: But let me just quickly defend my claim that this reminds me of Mad. Okay, Max. yeah, go. Ahead. Okay. Number one, yeah, weird. Obviously, you know, deserty hellscape. Yes. Weird machinery and stuff, including that odd tank that doesn't do anything, and that really burked me. <laughs> yeah, off. yeah. I could I was tell like, you were annoyed about Whoa! that. And then no tank, <laughs> I was like, oh. I mean, talk about, like, a, a Chekhov's gun that doesn't go off at yeah,
1: all. Yeah, it was such a weird tank as well, wasn't it? It was it's a very bizarre. And very were, they, were they Mexican, like, like they soldiers? Were, the Mexican, were they, like, Nazis they the, or something?
2: It looked, like, very, like, Nazi-esque. Well, that's the sort of point he was getting at, I think. Yeah. We'll get into it. But they're meant to be, like, the Mexican loyalists. They're yes. They're part of the, yeah. loyalist, the army of the, yeah. of the incumbent government yes. at the time. Uh-huh. Um, where was I going? Oh, Mad Max. They talk yeah. about America like it's the green place in Fury Road. Mm. It's like maybe we'll go to America, yeah, and things will be great again. Mm. Uh, a lot of that going on, and then, uh, yeah, the way they were sort of navigating this war and mm. like James Coburn. He wasn't really reluctant. He was kind of like game. His mm. his character is just sort of game for any revolution. Doesn't matter who. Yeah, he, he's in. He's in. You want to get rid of the incumbent power? Oh, I'm in.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
2: there. I'll yeah. bring my dynamite.
1: Yeah. Blow it to hell. And I love his character because you you think he's, like, he originally says to Juan that he's just looking for silver, right? Like, he's going to go to the mines yeah. to, so he's kind of, he plays Juan really, really, really well in this first act yeah. of this film. And then kind of the, the reverse happens eventually, which we'll talk about. But you know what, You want seeing as you brought up Mad Max, do you know uh, what this film reminds me of? Uh, no. Two things, one of which I've brought up a few times on the show, I think, which is Butch Cassidy and Sundance. Okay, yeah. In the sense that it's about this kind of friendship about with these two um, people kind of always staying one step ahead of the law uh, uh, yeah. or of the, the kind of um, tyrannical powers. And um, there was a moment in the film where they, similar to Butch and Sundance, they open a door – where oh, yeah. I, I was like, they're about to... This, I didn't know how long the movie had left, and I was like, they're about to... Like, they're literally getting off a train where you think they're going to be like, where to work? Oh, no, America. And I was like, they're going to get shot to pieces here, like like what happens in that yeah. other film. That didn't happen. Uh, the other thing it reminded me of... Yeah. Tooth Fairy? A certain no. okay. series about a plucky uh, young character who doesn't want to be part of the revolution but it's swept up. Oh. Andor. Uh, this movie walked so that Andor uh, could run. Tyra doesn't like Andor. Uh, He's wrong. Uh, Don't you reckon? I thought that there was like... Yeah, no, I... I, see. I thought, was, it is weird. That did pop into my head. I was like, this is, this is very similar to Andor yeah. in I a lot of gonna, ways.
2: For some reason, I thought you were going to say Porco Rosso, and I was like, oh, maybe. Uh, no, I didn't, <laughs> mean, didn't make you think of that. No, no, no. no it, it seemed like it was leading into that somehow. No, no. Talk about reluctance, and I was like, oh, "That pig." I mean, maybe if,
1: maybe if, uh, maybe if Coburn's character had been more so, kind of self-hating, and like felt more guilty oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. his, you know, maybe that would have been, yeah, some kind of a.
2: No, he seems chill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The revolution. Just in hero. the idea that Juan's character is Getting like, swept, I don't want to.
1: I'm a tourist. I don't want to be part of that. <laughs> he's like, he's like, literally in that vibe. The tourist. whole. He's like, I don't want to be part of this. So he's like, literally in that moment where he's like, I just want the money. Like he's saying that. You know, I was like, yeah, this is this is exactly um, this is exactly like like that character arc in Andor where Cassian kind of goes from being like someone who doesn't want to be part of this thing at all, yeah. to then eventually, you know, kind of being like a lauded part of it. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's kind of left to the imagination at the end, I guess, with one, like what he's going to do.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we'll we'll dig going, right into Going that.
1: all the way back to the start is when yeah. we we start with him pissing on an anthill.
2: Yeah. Which is yeah. a there was some Such really a graphic opening. You you told me because you
1: watched this before <laughs> me. You were like, get ready for the first like twenty minutes of this because there are some like graphic, like really uncomfortable things to watch, yeah. which which put me on edge immediately because yeah. I struggle with that kind of like mouth eating oh. kind of stuff and there was so much of it in the start. So basically Jeez. Juan is um originally thought of by the audience as kind of this wandering kind of he's a know, peasant, va- vagrant, yeah. yeah. And uh he gets he, he's he's very much begging for a, to basically hitchhike um when this big kind of wagon bus comes along mm-hmm. the trail and he's just like awfully treated by these uh by these people who uh, you never find out what the 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 uh, driver wants him for, but it seems oh, no, as if he's gonna do. like. I rewatched it, yeah, what but does he this is do? A, this He is wants a, to like sell him to a show or something like. Something no, like, it was like Pinocchio or something. He he's says, like, oh, you're he perfect. Says, They'll I love wanna, you.
2: I want to see you on that stage." But he's referring to the stage coach, oh. so he is just wanting to see everyone's reaction to him putting this pet like the peasant. Yeah, the
1: yeah, with bare stage. feet. But the and, thing
2: and, that. Yeah. Well what the reason it doesn't work is he doesn't stick around. He's just like, all right, get in there, and then just walks away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he doesn't actually see yeah. the socialites you know reaction yes. to this guy being on there.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. He gets put in this stagecoach, yeah. and it's a great moment because you think that it's I, I didn't know what was going to be in it, but I yeah. didn't expect it to be so lavish and like it's this like yeah. you know first class way across across the country, which yeah, is yeah. The, the, all these uh, yeah like you said like elite kind of socialite people sitting in there, and they just they just start to absolutely berate. Um, Juan, yeah. who is almost, he's not a mute because obviously he talks at the start, but like he, you don't get the sense that he is literate. You, you he's literate. He's playing dumb. Like, in yeah, he's scene. playing dumb very much yeah. so. Um, and then obviously to the point where when the stagecoach rolls through a small town, it is then immediately kind of uh, ambushed by mm. who turns out to be Juan's family. Yeah. Uh, that
2: reveal, by the way, was so good. So good. The stagecoach passes uh, from frame left to right and mm. there's these all these young people and old people lying on the side of the road and as the coach sweeps past the camera, they've all just disappeared yeah. and then as you see, they've just jumped on the, yeah. the stagecoach and like disarmed it and how fun- <laughs> How funny was it? I had to watch it again. They they like, they start blasting basically, yeah. shooting, uh, killing all the guards on top of the stagecoach or whatever and there's this, there's that guy who's like, I don't know what you call is the one driving the horses in yeah. the front yeah. and they like, they disconnect the horses from the carriage and Mm. he just, like, launches Mm. forward and face plants into the rocks and then it's just, like, grated across the... Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: Again, these stunts in these films, and not to mention the explosions, which we'll get to, but there's just some moments in this film that I'm like, how was this filmed? Like, how how did they make this? And When the other guy hits the
2: deck as well, it's like he, like, he, like, collapses like a a Motorola phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He almost eats his own, like... Dick or something <laughs> like that. It's crazy, and like this, this is Sergio Leone. So he's doing like fifteen, sixteen takes or whatever. Oh, Probably man. not with the stunt people, but oh, like, yeah. Imagine if you are like, did we get it? Uh, <laughs> there was some, there was some stuff in the lens. We got to do it again. Yeah, we got to do it again. There's some hair in the Shouting. gate.
1: You, you, you got the you nailed it though with that with the mention of the shot that they use. Where it's like so much of this film was so entertaining to watch purely yeah. either because of the dialogue of of Sergio's scriptwriters. Mm. Um, which is one of them is Sergio Lorenzo was it which is the other one's but but also because oh, the writers did you say yeah it's there's uh, another Sergio yeah we got
2: Sergio Donati, Donati. and Luciano oh, Vincenzoni. yes yeah, yeah, yeah
1: so yeah. those two their just their dialogue is really great through most of this very different
2: and, not as like it's a very different style from uh, Mickey Knoxes yeah but then also dialogue. just yeah.
1: Sergio's like directing style the, the choices mm. he makes with how to make characters have in like awesome entrances or mm. really like dynamic mm. scenes where, like you said, the stagecoach passes by, yeah, and it's just that visual stuff where they're gone and it all of a sudden you're like, oh, like something's yeah. happening, something's yeah. affo- like it's it's
2: awesome. Yeah, he knows um, how to give an actor a really great entrance. Yeah, awesome.
1: just treat them yeah, well in yeah. terms of like making yeah. them look great with the soundtrack and the yeah. the, the, the zooms and like close ups and mm. all this kind of stuff. Basically, the the stagecoach is is like ransacked and all the people are taken out. um, Juan, uh, in this really kind of hard to watch moment, basically takes the, the woman away to this like ranch, like, like this, you know, mm. and like, uh, yeah, assaults her. Mm. Um, and she is like, so sc- the woman, that actress was mm. just so like fearful, just her yeah. eyes, like, mm. you know, and it's, uh, it's a crazy moment in the film to yeah. watch to, to, cause you know, you're going to be with this character for the entirety of the yeah. film. So it's this really difficult thing where you're like, ah. Oh, just, you know. Yeah,
2: it's one of the more unpalatable things. Yeah. Like, when you hear about how how studios keep cutting and removing scenes from movies, you're like, "Why didn't you cut that one? Yeah. If there was one scene to
1: cut, that one would do." It's so it's so um, unflinching in its like yeah in its yeah obviousness of what's happening. Yeah. It's
2: doing two things. It's like saying, "Well, I, again, it's like like with the last movie, it's demystifying." Certain archetypes of yes, it's you know, not Westerns. it's not a romantic
1: version of what yeah. this kind of thing is. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, he's sort of yeah, ma- showing you how terrible. Well, he's showing you like a, a very wide gamut of like uh, human nature, basically. Mm. Where one's like a very happy-go-lucky person, but he's also doing this terrible thing. Yeah, um, it's also. I mean, like we said, the everyone on those on that stage coach is a bit of a dick. Well, uh, awful, yeah. Awful it's, 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 a, it's,
1: it's an awful portrayal of their humanity, and yeah, that they're yeah, yeah. like, you know, using they're looking all kinds down of on him, racial slurs. They're being yeah, awful yeah. to him. They, you know, oh, yeah. and then and then, yeah. And they, then this is know. this
2: big reversal where it's like, yeah, oh. that's what happens but as well. It, in this, yeah, is that it's not the most palatable thing. A lot of people all. would like switch off. Yeah, like that. that's fair enough. Cause yeah, it
1: doesn't work. But I think I think. I think you're correct in that it's like he, he's I think he's trying to he's not he's Sergio's not showing it as like a thing uh to to it's 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 very much the it's there to be like this this is not a good man. Yeah. You know, we're mm. not we're not following a hero right now. We're following this guy who is very complicated and mm. very awful in a lot of ways. Mm. Same with Coburn to be out to be honest, like in, yeah. in terms of like they may um Tobin's character is, is really interesting. We can get into that. But, yeah, so... Um,
2: we should also mention yeah. uh, another another kind of unpalatable thing for a mm. lot of people will be the fact that um, this character we're talking about, Juan Miranda, is his name. He's a Mexican guy, mm. played by a very white man. Yeah. Rod's, yeah. Uh, Rod Steiger. Steiger? Steiger? Steiger, like German. Steiger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rod Steiger, um, which is also the case with um, Charles Bronson's character in... Uh, once, once upon a time in the West, he was a Mexican character. Yeah, well, I didn't definitely. really cotton on to that as much. It's not well, as over. Well, I did because, because when they American. cut to
1: when they cut to his character as an early the early line. harmonica, I was like, "Is that meant to be him?" Because that kid's definitely not. Definitely White. different, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know,
2: um, but um, when you see someone that, yeah,
1: it's it's yeah. purely just would have been part of the studio system where sadly they would have just not gotten they they wouldn't yeah. have approved a, a Mexican actor of yeah. that time most likely I'm assuming, yeah. which is a real shame because I yeah. would have it would have been so nice for the that main character to have mm-hmm. had more legitimacy as that as that yeah. as that character. Yeah, and um, so
2: yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to defend with 2020 vision, but. <laughs> literally 20, yeah 2020 in... 2023 yeah. we'll say no it's that's uh, the thing and it happened yeah. in so
1: many I remember when the um when when uh, Spielberg remade West Side Story and there oh, were a yeah. lot of people who were like why remake it it's a mm-hmm. perfect film back in the when the version it was made and all this kind yeah. of thing and the original's great but th- this new one not only is it wonderful as well in my mm-hmm. opinion but it also cool. actually casts the sharks and okay. the uh, you know, they Latin have actual American sharks. <laughs> Hell ca- yeah! Oh my god! It cast the Latin American characters <laughs> as Latin American. Like it's it's right. so it's yeah. a, it needed to be remade so that it could do justice to those characters and that yeah. culture and all that stuff, yeah. uh, all those cult- cultures. But yeah, this 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 was. Um, yeah, his his accent is definitely like verging on like very much a stereotype. Yeah. Um, I think to it, not take like it's 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 t- complicated because yeah. in my opinion he's he's really good in this film. It's just a oh, shame yeah. that he's not of that actual like he's you know he's definitely kind of what in he's some not kind Mexican. Of brown face yeah. tan makeup yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah.
2: he's definitely um, definitely 100% not a Mexican. Yeah. Um, you know, to his credit he does, he does do a good job and apparently he'd spent 3 months working with um accent and dialect coaches to f- to mm. nail the uh nail the accent and mm. i don't think he's doing you know an impression of no the it I, banda, which yeah. is good but yeah it's, it's a shame but you know yeah it's Are just gonna, what it is it is what it is but i'll yeah, say that until i die he definitely... and then it won't be what it is anymore. <laughs>
1: It'll be what it ain't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think all the acting in this is, is done well. And I mean, I guess you could say as well that Coburn is an Irish, but he probably no. is a few decades ago from his...
0: Yeah, that's
2: the thing. I'm sure he's got some relation Both, there. both, both do, do lead know, characters are doing accents about, in this film. Did you hear about how he like learned his accent, his no, Irish accent? No. So like I said, Rod Steiger spent like three months working with someone to like nail it. And then mm. James Coburn, he just spent five weeks in Ireland on vacation, on <laughs> really? holiday. Yeah, he was like, well, I'm going there anyway. I'll, I'm sure I'll pick it up. <laughs> and then we get, Doc, you sucker. <laughs> yeah. duck, you sucker. Yeah. Oh, man. Um. So we should we should mention, the main characters of this little film mm. are John Mallory. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned, is the Irish. He's the IRA man who's yeah. out here in the West. That's played by James Coburn. Mm-hmm. Sullivan! Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Waternoose!
0: <laughs> Mr. Waternoose!
2: <laughs> give me back that child! <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rod Steiger, who plays Juan Kids Miranda. just don't scare like they used to. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: so dumb. <sighs>
0: <sighs> oh, what a day. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, what is he the makes name, that copy
2: thing. Yeah, what is the name of the Ghostbusters in that movie? Aren't they called the IRA as well or something?
1: Oh, man, that's crazy if they are.
2: They're called something like that. Yeah,
1: something like that. Uh, anyway, wow. it
2: doesn't matter. Um, we have sorry, Juan Miranda is the other main character. Yeah, uh, that's played by Rod Steiger, as we mentioned. And then another character who we'll get into is Doctor Villega, mm. played by Romulo uh, Romulo mm. And that's pretty much it. The other movie had such a, a much bigger cast, and this was one of the notes I wrote as I, I was watching this movie. <laughs> this is the first note I wrote um, was I miss Jill. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I wrote I was like man yeah. I wish we had a character like that again
1: yeah there's no women in this movie
2: yeah oh not, not at all um,
1: uh, which is kind of a shame because it feels like Leone going back to his like preference of like just not either like not having women at all or when he does they're not yeah. great characters yeah well uh, except with the exception of Jill yeah and that yeah. that being said I haven't actually seen a couple of his earlier like um, uh, dollars trilogy. I've seen uh-huh. most I've seen I think two of them but yeah okay. There's only
2: three, so you've seen, um, seen most, most of them. <laughs> yeah. um, but that was yeah, just one of the things I noticed. And, but yeah, otherwise, it's just about these two guys, basically. Mm. Um, there isn't some... The, like, the villains don't have any... Like, character. There is yeah, no character. Yeah, they're, they're, they're sort of they're more just, just specters in the yes, background. Yes, yes. It's really just about the relationship between Juan Miranda or Juan and John. Yeah. John and
0: Juan.
1: Yeah, and basically yeah. them start... Cause, so when, after Juan and his family um, tie up the the rich elite racists Mm. and put them in a wagon, like we said, naked and like throw them into a pigsty, um, they start seeing these explosions down the Canyon yeah, and they don't really know what's going on. So they go and investigate and that's when they meet, um, John, John Mallory.
2: Coolest intro ever. Yeah. Well, one of the coolest on
1: his, on his bike. And he's got all these strange, it's talking about a Chekhov's gun as well. He never used that liquid thing.
2: Yeah, you know, true. So
1: basically John is like yeah, he's an IRA um uh He's an IRA expert, man. Expert. Yeah. Um, which back yeah. in the context of of this time would have been that basically yeah, he he had just fought he's come from fighting the um, the English to to achieve independence for mm. the um, for the Irish. Mm. And um, we get the sense of this through a number of flashbacks, similarly mm. to Once Upon a Time in yep. the West, where the, the um main character of Harmonica keeps having these kind of yeah. flashback moments. He's to us again, to flashback. I love the way Leone does these because there's so there's no dialogue in any of them, it's purely just yeah. imagery and soundtrack. Yeah. And, yeah, you, get yeah. and you get everything. You get everything you what you need um yeah. in, in this sequence. But yeah, so um John and Juan meet, um it's a very kind of antagonistic meeting where mm. um Juan we're getting the sense that his character just shoots first and asks questions later in this film where he just literally shoots John's motorbike. Yeah, John demands he fix it, fixes it after blowing a hole in the stagecoach that he and his family have yeah. robbed. Yeah, um, And yeah, they, there's this kind of back and forth for mm. most of the film but certainly in this opening kind of relationship moment where...
2: Bit of a measuring contest between the two. Yeah, basically. they're kind of, yeah. you
1: know, oh, well, I'll shoot this. Okay, well, I'll blow up this, that kind yeah. of thing. And basically yeah. what happens is Juan then realises who John is and thinks, well, he he can help us to his yeah. family. He can help us go to um, Mesa Verde and, uh, and and rob this bank that's there. I love that line as well. He's like, there's a bank. And he's like, what, what do you mean a bank? And he's a, um <laughs> You know, no, 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 the bank. Like it's yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. this is the one to rob kind of yeah. thing. So that's his goal is to try and get John on board so they can go to this city yeah. and 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 achieve his dream of, of, of robbing this bank, which his yeah. father did and failed. Mm. Is his father the one that's like... <laughs>
2: every, t- every time, yeah, yeah, every yeah, time yeah. he talks, it's <laughs> just so... It's raspy as hell. It sounds like sandpaper stuck in his oh, throat or something. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Uh, I love that. The reason they can't kill John... On the spot, is he's just like rigged. His his coat is just full of like dynamite Explosives, sticks, yeah. and he's like, "If you assured me, I'll have to change all the maps." Yes, that's yes. a great line.
1: Which I thought as well. Did you think that was kind of realized at the end, where because he like John's character meets an end similarly to what he like? It's kind of foreshadowed where like yeah, I guess they're gonna so, have yeah, to yeah. change some maps based on that explosion. Yeah,
2: because that really made. <laughs> he got yeah. blown up real good. <laughs>
1: Um yeah. So basically yeah the way that Juan gets John on board eventually cuz John is like he he I think John probably assumes that Juan and his family are kind of vagrants and that they're useless and that they wouldn't be able to help him. Like he wants to get rid of them. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to help them with their robbery. Yeah. He's on He's also sort of a loner. He is a loner, yeah. but I get the sense that like he doesn't think of them as being able to help him with what he's trying to do? or Because, do like, basically, how long do you think he's playing them to try and get them on board with this thing that he's going to do in Mesa Verde?
2: It's a really good question. We're not really given that clue, are we? Um, I don't... when Because he... Also, when he... Because jo- like, I don't even know when... It, like, when... When does John sort of recruit himself into the Revolutionary Army as well?
1: So I think that he was doing that... The whole time? The whole time. I think he right.
2: was on his way to Mesa Verde to join... With this... He's going in the opposite direction, though. I thought he was on his way there. No, because, like, he rides... I mean, it's hard to say, but it looks like he rides... He's riding in the opposite direction to... Oh, to what? Maybe this is my visual plan Yeah, no, thinking, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, left yeah, yeah. to right forward, I right took to it, left backward. I and, took it that he was going... Cause he told, he, told he mine be, because he
1: told one that he was otherwise. going to the yeah. silver mines. yeah. And I thought that in his when when it's revealed that he's then part of this because he knows everyone in mm. Mesa Verde like yeah. and they're like oh, it's John like you know yeah. they, it sounds like they've recruited him almost I don't yeah. know um, I but yeah so the way Juan gets him on board is to basically blackmail him and and make it so that John is then because he he um, he makes John think that he's about to blow up. Juan and his family, but yeah. what actually he, what we, who he actually kills in this kind of like big sequence where he rigs. John is like the quickest man with explosives as well. He yeah. rigs up explosives very quickly. Yeah, short fuse. For short fuse. Short fuse. Um, so straight to the bombs. Straight I mean, to the bomb. but like, uh, he blows up the tower in it with where 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 cool all these explosion. soldiers are. Yeah, I mean the explosions in this film are insane. This is this is why They're it feels so powerful. Are there miniatures in this film or something? What's, what's the got? trains
2: were miniature. Trains for were sure, miniatures. But that was otherwise amazing. I don't know.
1: I love good yeah. miniature work. It was oh, yeah. so cool. Oh yeah, but I don't know how they did so many of the explosions because they were no. so massive. It was really yeah, weird seeing yeah. this actually after Oppenheimer, like a week <laughs> after Oppenheimer. <laughs> Because that was they, it's similar like yeah. with the, with the explosions, especially towards the end of the film, there were so many shots that were reminiscent of what happens in Oppenheimer, where they kind of focus on the cloud and the fire and all this stuff. It was really interesting to have watched them so closely together. Because oh, wow. I haven't cool. seen film like the two films that I've seen now recently that do that, like they're they're paired together in my mind. It's really strange, such different movies. Well, that's
2: another reason why this reminds me more of a Mad Max movie than uh, than a Leone Western movie because. Mm. Leonie, well like his his spaghetti Westerns up until this point have mostly for the most part been about the suspense before a gun is pulled, right? Before like mm. someone pulls a trigger. Mm. You spend like two minutes with three characters facing off before that one of them just fires one shot and that's yeah. it. That's the scene. And it's all about the suspense and the build up. Whereas this is like just boom. Just get shit blowing up as quickly as possible. There's no like standoffs. There's no uh well, there's no planning going into it. It's just no. like I don't know. Blow up this, ask questions later, basically, yeah, so that's why I think more fury road than yeah, than once upon a time in the west, basically I think that's
1: fair, I think that's fair, yeah. Um yeah.
2: but it's a very convoluted way he tries to recruit John there. Like I was confused and apparently there's a very big chunk or scene missing. I saw that. Yeah. 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 So, do you
1: think I'm you, am I am I am I talking am I talking I think that's what's meant to happen like, cuz
2: like, I didn't revisit the scene. I was like yeah. I don't know, okay. I'll just go along with it. But basically, like, I, I was he's... confused with that whole segment after the opening after the opening introduction to Juan and John. Yeah, where he second bit running night. around like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like what the f-? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. And, like, oh, man. I don't know. It was very confusing. But the fact that John was, like, dying of thirst, I thought he was, like, drunk and having, like, a fever dream. But apparently that the context of the scene is he's – because his bike is destroyed and he's not teaming up with one, so he just walks through the desert. And so when he reaches his camp, he's, like, thirsty as shit. And he's, like, dying of thirst. And that's why he's, like – Right. Okay. It's also set up that he's a drunk, but we don't get that, – that kind of gets dropped pretty quickly.
1: I feel. Yeah, and that oh. might have been because originally this part was written for the guy who plays Cheyenne in Yeah, James Quantum. Robards. Yeah. yeah, so maybe they were trying to play on that.
2: Another studio note, and I like yeah. I love James Coburn. It's the first movie I've really seen with him where he's in a crab. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, man, I just like I, I fell in love with James Robards. Uh, <laughs> wait, James or Jason? Shit, James. I think Jason. Ja- ja- uh, no, not rope. Jason Robards. Oh, J- yeah, oh sorry, sorry. Jason thought, yeah, Robards. Yeah, yeah. I'm calling him James. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Sorry, Jason Robards. I fell in love with him in that last movie. Yeah, so yeah. I would have loved to see him in this. Mm. He would have nailed it. And then another interesting casting. It also nearly went to Clint Eastwood for a bit as well. Mm. It, seems like, the it seems
1: like Leonie went to Eastwood every time.
2: Yeah, and Clint was like, No. I'm good. No, I'm done with that. I'm done with that crap. You and then want... he'll just make another western. He's like, "I want to yeah. distance myself from westerns." I'm Makes gonna... unforgiven or something. I'm right. going to do Hang 'em High. <laughs> hang 'em yeah. <him> High. Yeah. <laughs> I'm turning into Ronald Reagan <laughs> Well, well. well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to do that anymore. No. no. Um,
1: uh, yeah, so so it's interesting though because like uh, the, from what I've seen people write about this film is that it's one of one of it's it's one of it's his last spaghetti western. Yes. Yeah. It's Leon, his last spaghetti western, but it's also mm. his least remembered. Mm. And I would argue it's probably his biggest in terms of the scope of it. Like there yeah. are some incredible sequences, some incredible action, explosions, gunfire. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen a, seen a movie where more people are killed. Yeah. potentially. there are there the body count for Hundreds this thing of is, excess, is kind not in real of, life. Obviously, no, no, in the um, scene in the movie, the body count for this is right. unreal. Oh, yeah. um, and, and and but but I will say that it's not mindless like I wasn't mm. I wasn't ever um watching it like and desensitized by the amount of it that was happening mm. I think that I think the way Leonie kind of frames it is to often like add context to the idea that the revolution is happening mm. and that it is bloody and violent mm. and like that there's an opening quote by um, Chairman Mao at yeah. the start of the film, which is yeah. talking about how revolutions aren't very
2: just like... very
1: subtle, Leone. A yeah,
2: very subtle stroke there. <laughs> yeah. I and think there was... this film's about revolutions. Was there... And your
1: your yeah, your opinions on it was it was there <laughs> was there a quote at the start of West? I couldn't remember. Was there something at the start of that? I feel silly for not no, remembering. It. No,
2: no, it just opens on that. It's it's silence. It's nothing. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe I there's any quotes. Yeah, yeah, it's it just like there's three time. guys. Oh, no, no,
1: no, you know what? I'm so dumb. I'm thinking of Oppenheimer.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, um, <laughs> these films are inexorably linked. Yes. Um, yeah. No. So it's but it's interesting because it's his last western it's yeah. his biggest western and mm-hmm. like we'll see hopefully in the next film as well because like, there's links already between this and and in the west where it's um he he is it's it's so interesting because he made these films within a decade like so quickly like 63 64 65 was like the dollars and then he made these ones very quickly afterwards and he's very much like using these this second trilogy to kind of comment and break down all of the mythology and all of the romanticism and all of that kind of mm. thing that he was talking about in that first yeah. trilogy where he's like, you know what, these gunslingers in the West – they they might be like cool and handsome and romantic and whatever, but they're also like murderers. They're crazy. Yeah. They're they're disjointed. They they can't integrate with society. Mm. You know all that stuff that we saw with Harmonica and 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 uh, and Shane mm. in in the previous film. And now he's talking kind of about he's he's put this kind of Eastwood figure. You reminded me when you said about Clint nearly being mm. cast, where James uh, Coburn's character is like a, a you know that mythic kind mm. of out of the dust, kind of mm. look at my beautiful like jacket and like it's yeah. filled with bombs it's a and great I'm, you jacket. know I'm almost like a superhero in terms of what I can do, and mm. I'm you know uh and and then he's paired with with the um the kind of vagrant um mm. who uh uh juan who was originally intended to be kind of a cousin or the son even yes. of Tuco from um good the bad and the ugly yeah. which which is is. Again, kind of putting these two together and showing how, um, I think the, uh, the the documentarian, the the, the mm. Sergio Leone expert, put it really well when he said that Leone almost is for the first time his characters are changing within the film. Yeah, you know, Eastwood is just Eastwood throughout yeah. those films, you know, mm. and and Tuco's Tuco is just Tuco, that kind of thing. Like mm. they're just the same. Whereas in in this film, they actually they start on opposite sides of where their ideals are. With Coburn, even though it's not obvious at the start, he's like revolution is really important. That's mm. why I've come here to kind of help fight this hmm. fight and overrun, overrun the, the, the tyrannical hmm. kind of government and you know Juan is like no I, I just I've w- I'm with my family I'm going to stay out of trouble I'm just going to create my own life and, and you know I, he's very disenfranchised by the idea of a re- revolution and I think throughout the film they kind of they kind of widen their scope they they yeah. kind of they understand each other a bit more yeah. as to you know yeah. um,
2: these are his most elastic characters and that's another reason why it separates itself so much from the his previous films, as yeah, the characters are actually changing.
1: Yeah, I think that's why yeah. I started to become really enveloped in the story because yeah. it has that it has that um, dy- that dynamic to mm. it where it's like you can feel these characters starting to learn and adapt their opinions about yeah. these these big themes that he's tackling. It was yeah. really it was a very interesting thing to watch.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's. You can't take that away from this movie. It mm. is interesting. Mm. Um, we should get into a bit of the context of this film because I was confused as to why he made this movie at all. Mm. I don't know about you, but uh, we talked about it in the last episode. No, he, you're right. It
1: kind of comes out of nowhere for, yeah. like what he's been doing. Yeah. He'd
2: been making pretty much essentially a movie a year for the last four or however many years with the movies before the Dollars Trilogy and then the Dollars Trilogy and then Once Upon a Time in the West. And then he takes a bit of a break and... Then out of nowhere comes this movie.:
1: Did he have another go at trying to make Once Upon a Time in America? Was that trying to like because he, you know, he was always sure. hammering on about like he was trying to get that done, and then that's why he did West because they yeah. were like, "No, you're a spaghetti Western guy.:
2: There and is a strange fog around, mm. surrounding Leone's life between mm. 1968 <laughs> and 71, because I couldn't figure this out. Yeah. Uh, my understanding is someone, I think one of the writers, I think it was Luciano um, Vincenzoni, came to him with a treatment for this story Mm. uh, during the filming of Once Upon a Time in the West. And Mm. I was like, this, this. And I was like, sweet. Sounds good. We should make it. We should try and find another director though because I'm kind of done with Westerns to emulate my style. Yes, yeah. And it went through like it seemed, we touched on on the casting a little bit just before, but it seems to have gone through a bit of development hell for a while there because they were looking for, they'd been looking for a director for a while. They were trying to cast certain people who didn't want to join the film at the end of the day. That was the most farty channel. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. So, yeah, this film took a while to get off the ground. Um, they approached. Uh, what is his name? Bogdanovich? What's his name? What's his yeah, first name? Yeah, uh, Peter. Peter Bogdanovich, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Last Picture Show. Yeah. Uh, he was approached originally. Um, he felt like he couldn't make... He couldn't emulate Leonie's style. He wanted to have his own sort of freedom as a director, and that's fair enough. He didn't want to do it. Um, Sam Peckinpah was approached. He had financing issues with the United Artists. I don't think they could afford him. Mm. Um, he was also probably touching the devil's rum at the time, uh, <laughs> I don't
1: know. and also Leone's um, uh, like assistant or like Leone's, yes, uh, yeah, like hand was meant to be yeah. kind of taking the reins. This is like it. his big shot. He yeah. was like, "Don't worry, I'm ready." Like, I'm ready. You know, put me sub in there, me in, coach. Put me
2: in there, coach. Put me in. I can handle it. And, and then the students s- were like, "No."
1: And also the no. actors weren't they? Like, yeah, uh, Coburn and Stager
2: specifically. Stager, he yeah. was like, "I'm here for Leone." Yeah, and if I don't get Leone, I walk.
1: Yeah, there was this weird, I don't know if I'll be able to find it or whether it's worth mentioning, but there was this weird loop of, I think it was, um, so, who was the guy who was originally, like, approached to play? Oh, start... so the, the
2: role was written with Eli Wallach in mind. Yes. He plays Tuco from The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Yes,
1: and Eli Wallach was the guy who, who said to um, the bad guy from last movie. Yeah, Harry uh, Fonda. Henry yeah, Fonda. Henry Fonda. Yeah. He was the one that said to Fonda, you should work with Leonie. Yes. And he was like, okay. And then Fonda was the guy who said to Steiger, you should work with Leonie. Yeah. And then he was like, Leone okay. Leone said to
2: Eli, yeah. you should work with me again. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So this weird, weird connection, like domino effect, <laughs> yeah. but also like, yeah... Um, yeah, I never I thought, thought that of that. Funny. It's yeah. weird. It's, it's like Eli because, set in motion. So Eli was the, the one to tell Fonda you should cast. work. Yeah. And then he didn't get into the next <laughs> thing. So I thought that it was the way the trivia thing was set up. I was like, that's a weird little like loop to loop that yeah. happened.
2: Oh, the wicked web wee wee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, it is it is sad because uh, Eli, was a, Eli Wallach was approached for the role of Juan. Mm. Uh, he's also a white guy, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wallach and Steiger, very, very, very Mexican <laughs> names. Very, God damn. Yeah. Um, he was approached for the role, and he was kind of, he was attached to another film at the time. He was like, "Sorry, scheduling conflicts, can't do it." But Leone like begged him. That's mm. what that's that's what's written in the wiki. Is like he begged Eli, "Please do mm. it." Mm. Um, Eli eventually gave in. Was like, "All right, I'll step away from the production I'm doing," uh, but. By that time, Stiger had already signed with United Artists and was Mm. already a done deal. Stiger Mm. was already on board. And the studio didn't want to drop him because he was hot off an Oscar win. Mm. It was a big name, baby. In the Heat of the Night. Is that what he won that for? In the Heat of the Night. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. No.
1: Do you know anything about it? No. Me neither. No. Anyway, oh. moving on. <laughs> we know films. Did we you, know uh, films. Did good. You, did, you, did you did you take the two seconds that it would have taken to click on the link and no. read about it? No. 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 Of course not. Maybe we'll do that in a in a in a future trilogy. Yeah. 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 In films know trilogy. nothing about... <laughs> In the hate Heat Heat of the Night. And hot fuzz again
2: <laughs> sure yeah. uh, what was that oh well so yeah so Steiger was already on board yeah. it was already a done deal the paper was signed baby the dotted yeah. line had a signature above it yeah. there was nothing that could be done Yeah. Uh, and then Eli was like can I get compensated please yeah. and they were like oh my no yeah the only was just like no
1: and then he sued, didn't he?
2: Like, he did yeah, sue. Yeah. I don't know the outcome of that, but I assume he got compensated. Probably for this, all this stuff. I mean, it seems to be so oh. messy. All this stuff. Though. It just bumped just like, the mic.
1: Sorry. It was just like a lot of a lot of uh, one-on-one conversations that like weren't people weren't informed of what was happening at the time and yeah. all this kind of like just weird like crossing yeah, of lines pre, and people it's pre getting...
2: WhatsApp. It's pre-WhatsApp. It's pre-Facebook messages. Yeah, 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 so it's like yeah, They're sending messages by carrier pigeon in the 60s. Yeah, and, and it's like you have lunch with time. the director in February and then He's you go... He's going to fly then... over from Rome yeah, to yeah. meet you in
1: LA. And then you, you call them in April to see what, what's happening with the film and they're like, what? Oh, that was already filmed. It's out. <laughs> it's released. It bombed. Yeah. Bombed hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: you didn't want to be in that.
1: But I got you for my next one.
2: <laughs> Which never got made. Yeah. Oh, man. Um... Yeah, it's always sad to think, like, it's always sad when, like, you know, he's, he had these good collaborators that he never really got to work with again. It's always sad to think. Mm. Like, I often think about, oh, I, mean, oh, I don't often think about it, I've only thought about it the past week since I started mm. you know, researching yeah, yeah, this yeah. movie, but I would have loved to see James, Co- uh, Jason Robards in the movie. Yeah. I would have loved to see Eli Wallach in the movie. Yeah. I would have loved to see Clint Eastwood in the movie. Mm. Every Every actor that's in it does a great job, but, and, like, same thing with the opening of... Once upon a time in the West. Yeah, I like, would have been cool to see those. That would have been again. really cool. What are you going to do, though? You know. Um, speaking of bombing, though, I couldn't find any um, budget information about this movie. Presumably, no, had a lot more, a bigger budget than
1: you got to imagine for sure than for the sure. last movie,
2: because the amount of extras and explosions and special effects is just crazy. Yeah, it's just
1: unreal. You got to imagine. I mean, yeah. and, and I think it, from from uh, from some sources, I found that it, it did very well in France. But Man, I don't know if title. that. That's why. Uh, yeah, but I don't know if that means that it that it, like you know, made its money back or whatever. I would have to yeah. imagine. But you know, there's that big period between now and or like 1971 and what 1984 or five when he made Once Upon a Time in America.
2: 1985 was when it was released. So. Yeah, so there's a huge gap. Yeah.
1: Maybe he was just burnt out, or maybe maybe he couldn't get the money for it. Like you know, yeah. I'm interested to see if this one like was such a bomb that it was like people were like oh we don't trust you with. Yeah, you they just
2: avoided him. Yeah. Mm. Who knows? I mean, it could be a bit of both because it sounds like that movie was a bit of a nightmare to get made just with all the editing and the re-editing that had to be done and it was, had a pretty huge scope anyway.
1: So I'm just looking on. Yeah, like it's it's on box office Mojo, it just has domestic, international and worldwide just dashes, just yeah, empty just dashes. empty figures. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'd, they'd be out there somewhere, but uh we don't we don't got them right now.
2: Get Frailing on the phone, he'll know. <laughs> Frailing, How much money did it make?
1: Oh, here we go. I mean this says Ducky Saka 1971 This doesn't make no sense. <laughs> it says domestic <laughs> dash and then it says international $980.
2: Wow, raking it in.
1: Yeah, which I'm Whoa. like that can't be But correct. you know,
2: adjusted for inflation is better.
1: <laughs> pre- 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 pretty good. Yeah, it says pretty this is yeah, this is not correct at all. Anyway. Um, so yeah, uh
2: this is a very long-winded way of saying I don't think Leone ever really intended on making this movie, but uh, it just came to be that no one else could make it. Hmm. And also, Steiger was like, Make the movie! Or
1: I walk! (laughs) And and personally, from Leone's perspective, um, he definitely had a lot to say about this kind of topic because he... Um, you know, based on around the time, the, the late 60s, early 70s, there was some civil unrest going on in in mm. both uh, Italy, Italy and France, France and Europe and things yeah. like that. Um, student revolution. Or student yeah, in, and, in America as well. But, but yeah. also from his childhood, he was born in Italy uh, at a time where um, his father was kind of on the wrong side of the, the political line mm. in terms of it, – well, it, it didn't sound so much as like a blacklist situation, but mm. certainly – there was there was some kind of um, element of that. Yeah, he was uh, marginalised for his yeah political socialist kind of views. I, th- I believe alignment. is the yeah. p- is the correct um, direction he was or the, the correct not fascist he basically. No, he yeah, just wasn't exactly. a fascist. So so but uh, it's interesting the idea that that um, uh, this film is about the the toll that revolutions take and the yeah. I think. Um, the not so much the that the history that hits history forgets about the toll but that movies often forget about ah. the toll movies romanticize movies you know um tell these stories of these heroes of the revolution and they often make it quite a, a an aspirational kind of um smooth mm-hmm. you know transition from taking this tyrannical powers mm-hmm. down and and you know establishing you know free governments and all that kind of thing and democracies and Leone just had never seen uh, or experienced personally but also never seen in film that that representative of, of no this 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 stuff is bloody and it's mm. dirty and it's messy and it's really um it it shouldn't be made into some kind of aspirational fairy tale you yeah. know and that's you know there's literally shots that 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 kind of focus on that during the film like that incredible sequence where it pans over you've got a few of them there's one mm. that pans over those trenches that mm. all the um, all the Mexicans are getting shot in by the, by the, um, government's armies, mm. um, which is just, you know, so rem- reminiscent of, of all sorts of awful kind of things like that, like, mm. um, like the killing fields and just awful, like kind of human rights abuse and, mm. and, you know and then there's the the cave scene as well where we find out that Juan's yeah. family and all of his all of the people that they've freed yeah. you know because I, I love this the, the structure of this film is really interesting because the first half is so much like yeah we, we're doing it yeah, like we're yeah, joining yeah. this so revolution
2: much, so much progress is made exactly
1: Even, like you feel yeah. like oh wow this movie's like they're getting they're getting things done really it's easily crashing. you know and, and Juan revolution's is revolutions
2: kind of, aren't confusing
1: Leone. they're quite
2: yeah. <laughs> cut and dry
1: yeah but that's he, I like the way he sets it up where you know Juan is kind of dragged along by Coburn Character to join mm. this revolution. He thinks that they're going to Mesa Verde to rob this bank, mm. uh, and they end up they end up breaking into it. But there's it's it's not to rob the money. It's to break out these like the money's not there anymore. It's it's actually being used as like a prison, a, a holding cell for all these um, revolutionaries and uh, political prisoners. And they're all freed in this moment of heroics by the by Juan and his his people that he doesn't even know he's he's doing. Yeah. So he's kind of inadvertently pushed into this this sequence, and. Uh, and is very annoyed at John for doing that to him. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 interesting that that's how the film is set up to then you think, oh, if this was like a 90-minute movie, it would be like nothing went wrong and everything was great and they did it. And it would almost be like a comedic romp of like, look at this guy who wanted money and wanted wanted all the wrong things in life and yeah. then turned out to be a hero of the revolution. Yeah. But then, obviously, the last half is all about kind of the consequences and the toll that that stuff takes. So, yeah. Um, it's a lot more heavy than you expect it's going to be, I think. Yeah, a
2: real Han Solo moment for Juan, you could say. Yeah, a l- yeah, real yeah. Juan Solo. <laughs> oh, Juan Solo. It's hard not to see a little bit of this in uh, Star Wars, even though that's way more oh, yeah, no. no, no. And that shows revolutions being very, very simple. Um, but that's, but all, just, that's what Star Wars you know, is, isn't it? The, it's Star all Wars, about a re-
1: rebellion, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, a film that was like, let's have the revolutionaries play the main characters as opposed to the other way around. Mm. Um, let's get reluctant heroes in there as well. Mm. And space swords as well. Anyway. uh, And magic. Space magic. (laughs) magic. And little bears. And little bears and stuff. Um, And cities and clouds. Um, (laughs) uh, Who's the Yoda of this film? uh, Who is the Yoda of this film? The Doctor? No. Nah. There's no Yoda here. Let's take some time to think about it. No, um, In Silence? The little Uh, kid? I don't know. uh, What I wanted to say was uh, I did like this movie, but I definitely checked in and out every now and again. I Uh, I was like opening, I was checked in. mm -hmm. And then once that opening segment ended and Mm -hmm. it was into the night, I was like, I'm checking out. And then once John starts playing Juan to participate in the revolution without his awareness, Mm -hmm. checking back in. Mm -hmm. I'm back in, baby. Mm -hmm. When we get to the cave thing, Mm -hmm. just because it was so confusing and like, well, not that confusing, but, like, it was just interesting.
1: The, the, it was strange. The, the cut from their, just, from yeah, their success the of the bridge to then, to then the to cave then where you're like, wait, what happened?
2: You couldn't see why they were sad for so long. and yeah. like I started to check out.
1: Oh, no, I I was very sure of why they were sad.
2: Okay. I, I mean, I like... assumed. I was like, I'm pretty sure they're old. Okay. Yeah. They're all dead, yeah. yeah. And then it took me a while to check back in again. I don't think it was until – I don't think it was until uh, – the sort of break into the, the final act mm. when they're on the train and it's like let's go to America, mm. and then they don't go to America. They continue the revolution again, and we're mm. back in. Mm. I, I checked back in for that, but um,
1: so you kind of hot and cold on a hot few. And cold. I think yeah. I think I think that that's potentially like I watched this movie in parts, mm. and I think that helped. In terms of can like have my interest in it like renewed every you know hour or so because it's a yep. two and a half hour film, mm-hmm. um, but just by by nature of how the way Leone makes films it, it is it just takes its time yeah there are sequences that or even like he just he takes his time with setup he takes his time with setup where you know like characters like you could argue there's a lot of maybe potentially fat in terms of like getting Juan and John's character dynamic like set up. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It takes, you know, I think we're an hour into the film before they actually rob or go into the bank. Yeah. And so all of that is. But I, I think a lot of it is setting up their, their characters, setting up their relationship mm. with each other, setting up the context of the time that they're in. Mm. Um, I don't think you can. You, you could probably trim a little bit. Um, mm. but I think that's just the way he works. He, yeah. he hate, he hated, famously hated the way most Americans made their films because one, people would talk too quickly. He thought, which probably was just his, he couldn't actually, actually understand it as much as he, you know, cause he's an Italian man and they're all speaking in English. Um, and that just the speed of how they were talking was probably just way too intense. Uh, yeah. but also just the pacing of stories. He just thought, you know, we need to take our time. We need to develop these
2: things. Um, Definitely. yeah. Yeah. Do you think you you touched on the theme quite well. Quite eloquently, I might add. Hey, thanks. Hey, no problem. Um Yeah, you touched on it real good there, boy. Uh do you think <laughs>
1: Don't call me boy.
2: <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh do you think this movie swings and hits uh the ball with that theme? Do you think it like it it gave you a message to take away and mull over and stew over? After the credits um... roll. It's a good question. I think,
1: I think it did, um, and it. I think I like the way that it's. I like films that kind of like tackle things, the way they actually like the like. I, I found that all of the stuff, like I said about the when they were showing all like, there's a lot of death in this film, and I think there's a lot of characters lamenting on that kind of thing as well, like actually going through it. And, you know, finding it really difficult. Like, when, when they're originally in the cave and Juan is looking up so upset, I actually originally thought that he was kind of lamenting what they had just done, which is, like, slaughter all those soldiers over that bridge. And uh, I thought that potentially, like, they're immediately reacting to, the, like, kind of the trauma of what that would cause. But, no, it's 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 the retribution that was taken against his people that he's kind of really um, taking, taking to heart. Um, I don't know. I think... I think it definitely. I was very engaged and very like it was a, the the emotion and the kind of dark darkness that it was tackling and the kind of um, all that stuff worked for me. Where I was watching it, being like, "Man, this would be so tough to have been in one of these things," and all that kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Mm. What did what did you what did you feel like you were left with? Because I, I definitely don't. I don't think it swung and hit as well as Once Upon a Time in the mm. West, but I think that potentially the subject matter that he's tackling mm. in this film is a little bit more complicated, mm. a little bit more wide-reaching. Mm. And I think what it did succeed in is that just the simple idea that revolutions are more complicated than what is often written or told about mm. in stories. Right. Uh, and that we need to remember that and we need to remember these people's sacrifices and yep. we need to remember in some ways it, 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 maybe it was a bit muddied or confused, the the theme or the way he was telling it, because at some, times, at some points I thought is what he's saying, is, is, is what Leonie's saying that revolutions are not worth it for the toll that they take or is it just that we need to remember the toll that they take? And I think it is the latter, yeah. but I think there was a bit of – sometimes I was like, is, is he saying that this isn't worth it at all because mm. – but no, I think it's, it's crystallised in that scene where Juan yells at John about, don't tell me about revolutions because mm. I know revolutions. I know mm. – you know, I feel like Juan, when he was younger, could have been more of a, an idealist kind of guy and then having grown up in Mexico mm. – in the late 1800s early 1900s where he would have seen his class of people the poorer class of the socioeconomic classes like be trampled be 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 uh, be radicalized and then be put on the front line and then be killed and nothing to have transgressed or nothing to have happened for them you know they're the ones fighting this revolution mm. he th- he says and and what happens to them well they get killed and everyone else just talks about the the resulting you know um shifts in power if they even happen so i think he's just like i think juan is confused about what he thinks about revolutions and he's kind of tested on that throughout the film yeah i'm really curious to know what you think about the end as well with with his like what do i do like he's literally like what do i do now yeah and i think that that's because his guiding light in this film john yeah is kind of taken away and so he's like what I, you've put me in this position that i don't necessarily want to be in or believe in and what do i do now what did you think? What was your take on the yeah, on Festival, how it executed?
2: First of all, spoiler alert for the movie, John dies. <laughs> They're going to have to change the maps. <laughs> They're going to have to change the maps for this one. Uh, eh, I don't know. See, I feel like it's almost like two films in one. And they don't yeah. always—they're not always perfectly. Yeah, yeah, together. well
1: said. I definitely had that thought while I was watching it. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, like, there's times where Leone seems to be saying in interviews and such that it's not about revolutions at all, and then it's more just about friendship. And mm. like, we just needed a good backdrop, and the Mexican Revolution was a good backdrop. And how does how does a book smart intellectual who's a bit self righteous become friends with a uh, out of touch or you might say like naive um, person who lives on the outskirts? How do you get them to unite over? I don't know. Something. Uh and then at other times yeah it's it's commenting way too much on, on on the revolution. I think it must be saying uh that we can't forget how uh bloody revolutions are. But for me, I mean so apparently it's about revolutions being confusing, but I watched this movie and I'm like doesn't seem that confusing. Mm. Like it just seems like really like yeah, definitely demystified and bloody. But like not confusing. The only confusion that comes up is like what you were saying with uh, Juan talking to to John. He says poor people stay poor, rich people stay rich. It's not always a good thing, but it doesn't actually show us any of that. Mm. You think the entire way through that the revolutionaries are good and the loyalist army is bad, Mm. and that's sort of epitomized by the fact that yeah the. The Loyalist army looks like fucking Nazis, mm. even like the not na- the weird Nazi tank thing they have mm. Mm. that they must have used a-, a time machine to go and steal from the future. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, with that with that, with that bad guy who I realized hey, a really a really good way to make someone look incredibly sinister is to have them crack a tiny hole in an egg and oh. then drink from that egg.
2: Oh my god. That was, that was the grossest thing. Oh man, it was, man, so it was good. It was Yay. like it was it
1: was oh, it was yeah, that was yeah, captivating. Yeah.
2: Also, crazy cheekbones on the guy. That helps.
1: I mean, again, with the Nazi stuff, though, he just yeah. looked such like a skele- skeletal yeah. kind of like, yeah.
2: He had that sort of SS type. The, 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 SS, the, the outfits yeah. and everything, yeah. yeah. So it, to me, the revolution didn't seem that confusing at all. It seemed pretty cut and dry. Like, mm. th- those are clearly bad guys. I mean, you just visually, you're making me think that way. Mm. Uh, and yeah. the one time it gets messy is when one of the... Principal character's doctor, whatever his name is, the doctor, mm. is arrested and tortured and then mm. sort of reveals revolutionaries under duress mm. uh, once he's captured, mm. uh, which sets John off again. Um,
1: because he's experienced that exact thing back in Ireland, Yeah, which I yeah, thought was so well yeah. done in the flashbacks. Yeah. I agree with you, though. I think it's definitely worth mentioning that the key or the core of the film is about that friendship mm. and about how do these two people on this opposite side of this really complicated issue... Yeah come together and and help each other out, which I really like that. I love that as a framing device for a film of like, I'm going to put these two opposites together Mm. and they're going to become friends despite the fact that one of them is an idealist and the other one is is kind of um, disenfranchised with the whole thing.
2: How do you get these two disparate people to become friends? What would it take? Yeah, but I I think you're right
1: as well. I think it would have been really helpful if we got a context for where they were at in the Mm. revolution because in the context of history, the Mm. way the Mexican Revolution, I was reading about it the other day, like that was confusing in the sense where it was a dictatorship like mm-hmm. very 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 basically speaking just for the purposes of this like of of getting through it quickly where it was it was a dictatorship that was eventually toppled and then like but then it but then the confusion started where mm-hmm. it was a, it was a it was a a uh, a fight for the power and a fight yeah. for trying to make change that was, and yeah. so there was a lot of people who were who were revolutionaries and yeah. and was uh, almost like three and, main factions yes and people history. wanting yeah. a constitution and stuff who were I think they were called Constitution constitutionales yes. in Mexico Were yeah. were I think the confusion on their part, on the foot soldiers part of it, was that we've 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 toppled the government, mm-hmm. but now this other government's in and they're not doing any of the changes that we fought for. So we need to fight again, and then this happens. And that like so all of that stuff. So I feel like you're exactly right. Like if we could get a sense of where they were at in their fighting, because mm-hmm. it felt like it was very black and white of yes these are the bad guys these are the good guys yeah. and they just need to topple it and then it'll all be okay yeah. and i feel like it would have been great if we could have got a sense of where they were at with their progress yeah. where they were at with their fighting had yeah. they toppled anyone yet yeah. if they had who had taken power had he had he back had yeah. he done backflips on what he said he was going to do yeah. that that kind of thing mm, yeah i think that's yeah. i think that's exactly what it was missing yeah. potentially yeah
2: i hate to say it but it's something that is done kind of well in Andor, <laughs> they kind of do that kind of well. No, yeah, I'm, I'm being a dick. Um, yeah, the the one hint you get about the progress of the revolution is uh, the. The priest, or one of those socialites in the in the stagecoach at the start, says, um, "And the revolution's nearly over; mm. they've nearly won." Mm. Something to that effect. Yeah. Um, how much do you know about the? Me- you seem to know a little bit about the Mexican Revolution. I I that, I've watched a,
1: a, an abridged history on it the other day. Just to you get live it, on the of, opposite you know. part of the world, you should know what they're it.
2: <laughs> you have no Mexican heritage or anything. I was born seventy years after it finished. So yeah. Should, yeah. Oh well. For listeners who want to do some further reading on the Mexican Revolution, because I I thought well, I mean. I thought I'd have a look and a look into it. Mm. Uh, I just wanted because, to
1: get con- context as to what, yeah. what, what kind, you know, because there's revolutions yeah, exactly. all, and it, it's it's
2: and it's, it's a bit of a blind spot for me in history. Right. It's like I've, I have no idea what this revolution was about. I've heard about it, whispers and murmurs here and they I've never actually looked into it. Same goes for the Irish Revolution. I was IRA. ignorant
1: that Mexico even had a revolution, which was, yeah. you know speaks to my own education. Yeah, I just yeah, didn't yeah, know yeah. that that was even a thing.
2: Um, there is this really amazing three-part series on YouTube, each part being about an hour, an hour and a half long,
0: mm.
2: by a YouTuber named Kraut, K R A U T. He's this—he's just a—he's just a history fan, basically, a historian, geopolitical YouTuber, basically. Mm. And you can scrutinize his research and his takes at your own leisure. Uh, I—I—I'm a pea-brained, you know, person when it comes to history, so I don't know. If he is a very well-researched person, he seems to be, you know, quite up to date with things. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he has a great three-part series on uh, on uh, Mexico's history, uh, and one of the parts focuses, yeah, on the Mexican Revolution. What was interesting and what really like made my ears prick up was he says almost verbatim. He says. Uh, the Mexican Revolution is the one revolution that historians and people who love history tend to romanticize the most. And I was like, really? Uh, really? This is interesting because this is what exactly what Leone is touching on with like revolutions being romanticized. Yeah. And he says specifically, I'm not making a movie about the Mexican Revolution. It's just revolutions in general. Mm. The Mexican Revolution just helps because you know spaghetti westerns geographically, geographically, it just works. Yeah. It could have been a phony baloney one that he made up. And I think it is, is well, it's as well.
1: It's that it's that thing of the idea of getting to America. Yeah. yeah.
2: And the reason it's romanticized is uh, it's one of the only revolutions in history. One of the only revolutions in history that worked, and we're seeing it work today because the revolution ended up with the Mexican government we have yeah. in power now. They went from a
1: dictatorship yeah. to a constitutional That's right. democracy. You
2: look at France's revolution, and it went from you know that uprising to. Yeah, them having a king to having an emperor. And then you look at the Soviet Revolution, that didn't work. You look at the Spanish Revolution, that didn't do shit. The Chinese Revolution, I mean, that's turned into like a nightmare version of itself, basically. Mm. So, But this is the one case where the revolution really worked. Mm. They nailed it, sort mm. of. Uh, so it, it was, yeah, very interesting to look into that. And I highly recommend you go out there and watch that YouTube series. I think it's called... Uh, the Mexican border or something yeah. like that. Look it up. And Kraut, it's, Kraut's it's the name of the YouTuber. It's it's, it's really a point of stuff.
1: difference as well from say like the Irish or the American Revolutionary mm-hmm. Wars, where they were trying to get away from the British rule. Like so yeah. many revolutions around the world, like mm-hmm. Indian and Australian and or you know yeah. Australian never happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Eureka! Eureka <laughs> Stop but one day we'll federate, boy. Sovereign hill, mate. Sovereign Char- hill. Um, um,
2: I went a bit American there with my. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I can't nail Australian accents when I am Australian. It's <laughs> fucked. Um, it's not good.
1: Maybe it's the half kiwi in you. I don't know. Maybe, um, but yeah, the the like the Mexican one was not getting away from the British rule; it was getting away from their own their own kind of form of tyrannical kind of dictatorship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Another yeah. thing about is Revolutions... this still a movie podcast? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this is, <but> this, is <laughs> hey, good. This, this is why I think this movie's so so interesting because it kind of touches on a huge range of yeah you know interesting um, historical t- uh, topics, and I lo- I actually really like the 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 Irish element in this film like the the, yeah. the idea of putting a guy who's come from the yeah. Irish rebellion into this world where like mm. you know what would his what would his attitude be towards it and stuff like that he's yeah. just like a freedom fighter for hire mm. essentially
2: yeah 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 and I just, it just yeah it just it makes sense I mean Leone's an Italian man yeah and what better way than getting like a European character into your movie mm. it just sort of helps I don't know the perspective you're going with but anyway very very cool stuff I didn't understand it entirely, but it was still good. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, I mean that's the thing
1: though, isn't it? Confusion. Whoa. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Waternoose. <News. laughs>
2: <laughs> Give me that
0: revolution, uh, Sullivan! <laughs>
1: Man, I was so scared about that when he when he's chasing after them in the hallway and his crab legs go up on the, you know, it's like such a good animation. It's detail such an amazing
2: scene in Ducky Sucker. He, yeah, he he runs that. across yeah. he,
1: and his crab legs go up onto the yes. wall. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, man, yeah, 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 that yeah. is pretty scary creepy. character.
2: Yeah, it's like something out of the Mist. It's the most fucked up character design to have in any kids movie. Mm. And like, how many times have you watched a kids movie where? We're really going deep now. We're through the looking glass here, people. (laughs) But how, like, crazy is it? How many times have you seen an animated kids movie where one character is way too fucked up you're like that doesn't work I just, no kid should watch this
1: in terms of like his monster-esque like I'm of...
2: thinking like I'm thinking like all that dark crystal stuff all that sort yeah of yeah
1: yeah you're right never it's ending it, it's story yeah. shit where it's no, like you're, you're right, telling
2: because... me that fucked up story about this horse or something in the never ending oh, story oh yeah
1: no I <laughs> like, could be scared you as a kid oh yeah 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 I, I can't remember it exactly in my mind it's the, the flying dog that he's on that gets that drowns but mm-hmm. my brothers tell me and I would trust them because they're older, and we would have watched it together. Their memories yeah. would be solid on it. That it's—it's it's actually he's like winged, like Pegasus, that like falls into like a pit oh. of tar, and he's like, all I remember is it's like I don't know what the kid's name is, but he's like, leave me, Johnny. It'll be okay. <laughs> It's gonna be all right, and he like drowns in tar as the kid is like watching it. But I don't think the horse talks. That's just in my mind. The horse is just like
2: the horse is just like its eyes were saying why. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. uh, I don't remember really anything about that film except the kid being on several flying animals, one of whom gets drowned, and the other one. The other one is this dog with this weird eyes. Yeah. Like, weird, big human eyes. Um, anyway,
2: Duck Sucker, amazing film. Really,
1: really, really confusing stuff. It. No, <laughs> I really liked it, especially because I don't think I was primed to enjoy it in the from the first. Um, from the from, like, I just didn't expect. I didn't know it was going where it went. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a, like a like a um, kind of. An older Leone, like an earlier Leone film, which mm-hmm. is just like about like maybe a bit smaller in scale, maybe yeah. just about the bank robbery. Like I was, and very, the writers and, wanted and, and,
2: it to be smaller scale. Yeah, actually. I did, but I just didn't see the, the whole. Saying, Let's bring it down, and he's like, "No, no, boom, boom, yeah. explosions."
1: I just didn't see the Come whole on. their relationship going further than what it was at the start, which yeah. was kind of antagonistic and arguing, and they yeah. certainly have that throughout the thing. And I, but I didn't foresee any of the tragedies, like the the family, like all of these like his kids and, yeah. you know. That's that, another they, reason like that why. That was awful. That was really, they, they really held on those, that scene in the yeah. cave that was really hard to watch.
2: It works to an extent that his family is yeah, massacred, basically. yeah, and, and then in subsequent scenes, he, you know, that's what really trips me up is like, I find it hard to buy... Him not being a shell of a human in the scenes before the very ending, mm. Juan, I mean, because mm. like the scenes where he's like laughing and chuckling with John. I guess yeah. it's kind of human. It makes sense. You got to laugh through like you know the dark times and stuff like mm. that. But I was still just like, man, your family just died. Yeah, you're cracking. You're cracking jokes. Cracking <laughs> You're yeah. cracking wise. Um, we should dive back into the plot a little bit because there's a bit more plot going on than in the last one, I'd say. But I think where we left off was After Juan the... was. Juan was inadvertently uh, roped into this revolution. Yeah, into we, the bank robbery. Yeah, into the bank robbery. Um, yeah. Hey, Mesa Verde, by the, by the way. Do yeah, you think yeah. That, do you think that's a little reference in, in Seoul? I think Seoul's making a reference to that. Oh, definitely. Yeah? yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I couldn't think. I was like, is oh, that? Oh,
1: that's the name of the bank. The bank.
2: Yeah. Oh, whoa. Yeah. That's okay. crazy. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell it was like a very common name. And I was like, ah. Oh, but then I was like, maybe it's from this. Maybe. Am I crazy or does it mean House of Green? I don't know. Oh, no K- Mace,
1: Karsa, Karsa is, oh, no Case is no is house. No, you know, house Verde, I'm movie.
2: imagining is Green. anyway. We should look House that. of Green. <laughs> house of Green. <laughs> yeah, starring Kevin Spacey. House of House of Cards Green. All right. <laughs> Don't worry. You can cut that. You can cut that real good. S- scandal. Scandal noted. <laughs> um, <laughs> scandal noted. Um we should do his
1: new film that, that we saw the trailer for.
2: Oh man. Yeah, l- let's call it like the Post Disgrace Trilogy he tries to make two the more Post Disgrace yeah. Mesa verde to find
1: Mesa verde means green table. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay, well maybe it's like a table with money on it. That kind of makes when
1: sense. When Spanish explorers first came to the southwest, they saw many tall landforms with with flat tops and steep sides. The flat oh. tops reminded the explorers of tables. So that gave them uh, the Spanish name for table, which okay. is
2: mesa. I interpreted that way too literally. I was like, oh, yeah, table with money on it. That's green. Yeah, green table. <laughs> table.
1: All in. Um, yeah, so, so yeah. Juan robs this, well, thinks that he's going to rob this bank. He breaks in and instead yeah. liberates a bunch of freedom fighters who then join him and John and the other rebels to basically outrun the mm. army that's following them. Yeah. Um, John and Juan uh well John volunteers like I'm sick of running let's let's make a stand you all go you all go into the hills and you know make for mm. you, make for freedom and me and uh me and well he wants to do it himself but one is like doesn't want to be seen as like a coward basically yeah. um,
2: so he he stands with with John yeah and then
1: yeah. immediately after his family leaves um, yeah. I also love how he says goodbye to his youngest kid, who he slaps continuously in the film, like, just a little, like, get out of here, get out of here, and he sta- and then he just, like, kind of gives all of his kids a kiss on the head, and then, yeah. like, he just gives his kid, like, a big wink, he's just like, like hey,
0: that, I don't <laughs> know if you saw that. it, it's so great. Yeah, yeah, like, Stargo really hammed it up, it was yeah. great. It was um,
2: really good
1: to so all the, all the freedom fighters disappear, and they then, John and Juan, take on the the army, basically in a... In an ambush kind of scenario where they the tank and all the horses go over this bridge and there's this incredible explosion and
2: many horse lives were lost.
1: And apparently the uh, oh I mean that's the other thing watching these you're like how did they did they were they doing the right stuff here?
2: With oh this? No, like, no 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 way! No, no, no. So many of these horses would have been taken out to stud yeah, <laughs> after yeah, this yeah, movie yeah. But like, like not in, not taken out. They to were stud thrown down then, like, hills. Yeah. they like their ears probably. You yeah. know, like, shocked from the explosions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was mad.
1: It is. It's a crazy time yeah. of filmmaking. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, but, so, so they, they have a win there, but then I think very where
2: we'll, We also see the Colonel, um, who's the, yeah, the, egg the bad guy, sort of just a specter in the movie, but... yeah. Colonels, we'll just call him the Colonel from now. On. I think yeah. that's fine. Doesn't it's, they have much uh, of a character it's, going it's, on for himself.
1: This is probably the last kind of heroic victory that we see in this film. Mm. A little bit where, or like, the, you think it's gonna, you think it's gonna go as well as what everything else has. Yeah. But then this is the first kind of cut to like big consequences where it's yeah. like they they have this big victory, they decimate this army, and then they immediately cut to the fact that Juan and mm. John are in this cave and they've found yeah. that all of their friends and family are. Are gone, like they've yeah. been killed, and they've been laid out in this cave,
2: which is supposedly a visual reference to a massacre that occurred in um, Italy, occupied Italy, Italy, during the war. Yeah, so yeah.
1: It's very, um, it would have been very impactful at that time to see mm. with all that context on it. Still, um,
2: yeah, it still would have been fresh in a lot of people's minds. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but, but certainly. Um, Certainly, it's still very tough to watch in this in this one. It's just just mm-hmm. hold. Uh, there's there's. I think he. I think it's silent for that part, isn't it? When you just he's just panning over all the all the bodies in no, the camp. I couch. remember the score, a bit of score. I remember
2: a bit of like, Morricone coming in again. Coming Incredible
1: in score in this film. Oh, by the way. Just, I was baby. listening to it on the ride down here. So good.
2: I wish and like if you wish, Matt, just play a bit of it right here, so that everyone can appreciate how great this score is. I man, I just wish. I, I wish I could have that as just the soundtrack to my life. Mm. That walking music is so fucking good. It is. I, re- I oh, found wow. it really
1: great. Um, I'll try and pull it up as you, can you... Do you want to continue with the plot? Yeah. I'll, I'll find this thing. Uh,
2: what sets this score apart from any of Morricone's previous scores is instead of what, what, was, he uses shon, shon, shon. Oh, is that? Was that what yeah. you were getting at? Oh, fuck, yeah. sorry. No, no, no. No no no. no, 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 it's perfect.
1: <laughs> I, just, I, I just read this <laughs> no, no. on the It said the chanting of shon, shon, shon. Which, how does it, how does it happen? It's like shon, shon. Sean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean, Sean. There's also this, like, little... Uh, yeah, wah. <laughs> wah. <laughs> that was going to be my, my review on Letterboxd. was just... Wah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Sean, 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 Sean in any end soundtrack was the suggestion of Carla Leoni, presuming wife of, of Sergio, who thought it would sound better than the original wah-wah-wah chants, uh, as in, like... The wah's an old hat. Yeah, got to yeah, shake it up. Yeah, Morricone himself said in an interview... That contrary to the popular belief, the chants do not represent the names of the characters, but are just part of the soundscapes, yeah. like the chants in all the other surges. So the wah 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 has changed to a wah, <laughs> and wow.
2: a wah. chong, zhong jong. and a shong chong, chong.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Anyway, shake it up a bit. You know? We were
1: talking about the uh, the old the old plot there, but yeah, we've pretty much we've, we've covered a lot of it. But basically, from the from the moment of the cave, uh, kind of. Uh, massacre, massacre, discovery. Yeah. Um, basically, they they
2: then. Um well, Juan is captured after that. He goes outside yeah, the cave he, yeah. where the army also is. They like very very close by and yeah. just he starts blasting yeah basically and juan no no juan <laughs> the right
1: Three outside. they're right outside man he kind of goes jamaican there for a bit as he well goes, suppose, yeah,
2: I mean. he goes yeah he does go a little bit <laughs> i think he could have done with 6 weeks in ireland <laughs> in 5 cuz he loses it just a little yeah. bit he's pretty great though. um oh he's great best smile best on screen smile do you think that's a real must mustache oh good question I don't know because it would have taken a while. Well, just because
1: they have him as clean shaven in uh, in the Irish scenes, and he looks like the James Coburn that I remember oh, from yeah. from. Maybe uh, that
2: was also his vacation, his holiday.
1: Oh yeah, they just filmed it there.
2: Uh, yeah, it's just having. He's a like, ball. he's
1: like, hey, Sergio. I, I don't I don't know if you could use it, but I, I got into some bother over in Ireland. Uh, <laughs> some
2: bother. He <laughs> he's just American every,
1: everything. Oh, yeah, everything, everything that he, everything that happened in the Irish scenes, it actually just he was like he actually joined the rebellion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They just
2: went full guerrilla documentary um, style on that. Um, he got to just some yeah. I forgot,
1: I forgot he's American. Yeah, um, <laughs> forgot he was a crab. Uh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. He's still a crab. So, assumed so, crab form in this. So then, uh, well, so Juan is captured off screen. Yes, you hear him shooting that machine gun, and then he's captured. This brings up the difficult kind That's of where geography, where me, it's like, like,
1: how does then John get back to the city to Mesa Verde to see the executions and see that the doctor is kind of giving up their men? Yeah, in the rain with that amazing scene that kind of really takes its time. Yeah, with like I wasn't as
2: amazed by it. I thought it was. Great. You loved it a lot more than yeah.
1: I. Just thought it was really well filmed yeah, yeah, yeah. and just. And I loved the wipers. I loved wipers. the the colonel yeah, yeah. was kind of doing the wipers manually as, as he was kind of nodding as the doctor was nodding. I and, loved
2: seeing the rain dripping from John's hat. Yes, I thought I it was. That. I
1: thought it was very but very. Um, yeah, again, just kind elemental. of a, more more death, more more. Um, the the and the kind of the the. Um, the rebellion really just torn to shreds in these sequences, mm, mm. Um, when you think that they're kind of on the verge of victory, and then and then it gets to um, John saving Juan from the same yeah. fate. Which I was like, how does how did that all work? Like, how did he know where he was? There's a lot of confusion about how he got there, all that yeah, kind of. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's it's all put to bed and all okay when you hear. Duck, you
2: sucker, again. <laughs> no, no, he says short fuse. No, he says duck, you sucker. Oh, no, 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 he says Maloy. What? No, 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 wait, no, 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 wait. It's Maloy. Maui. <laughs> Maui. <laughs> no, fuck. <sighs> what do you mean? He says duck, you sucker. No, he says short fuse. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. So, like, one... one when, he gets, when he gets... When he breaks Juan free, he says, I expected him to say duck, you sucker. He says duck, you sucker twice in the movie, all in that first section, when he blows up the stagecoach. Then the third time we hear Ducky Sucker is Juan saying it in the bank when they when they bust out all the prisoners. They never say Ducky again. He says short fuse because some of his TNT have short fuses, which this is not really brought up again. No, don't check your head at me. No, 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 no. He no. says listeners, when— listeners, uh, Matt's wrong. I'm, th- uh, I'm,
1: th- I'm thinking—I'm <laughs> trying to give you the—I'm trying to think about it. But no, he says Ducky Sucker because Juan ducks. Before the wall explodes.
2: I'm pretty sure he says, short for yours. But because, remember, there's one of Juan's friends who no, kills uh, I'm himself. I'm 100% because sure it's a that he says, use.
1: duck, you sucker. I'm 100 <laughs> well, I was, I was sure. like,
2: I knew, I knew John was going to break him free. I was like, all right, John's going to break him free, and he's going to say, duck, you sucker. But he said, "Short for you. Oh, he definitely doesn't. Who the fuck's the bad guy from The Rock? It's confusing me now. It's not Maui. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Maui. Um, Wormack, That's uh, it. That's yeah, it. no, w- Womack's not the bad guy. What do you mean? In the Rock, yeah, well, he's not the bad guy. No, but he's the guy that. Oh, I thought you meant him. Sorry, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Who's the guy?
1: Oh, I thought you meant the, stiff. Uh, the Who's the the, stiff? The, the the military guy, like, is in. You're thinking of Wormack? I'm
2: thinking of Wormack. Okay, just because yeah. I wanted to say Wormack, even um, though he's Scottish and not Irish.
1: Okay, well, we can disagree on that for sure. But American. I'm so I wish I, well, I get
2: it up. You've got the internet.
1: Let's, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if the mics are gonna die on me again. Well, how about
2: I get it on my. Please Wait, get it up.
1: I want to get this. as we, I, I'll, you get it up as I talk more through, you talk through, through the, the, plot. the plot. So, yeah. um, the he says, "Duck you sucker!" And then they he say John saves Juan from the from the the firing squad. Um, they rejoin the rebellion on the on. Um, am I am I getting this right? They rejoin it on the train. This is the next we kind of see. Yes. Yeah, so or no, sneak, they basically get onto... The, yeah, they sneak they onto sneak a, train on a train with intent to escape and get to America. With... Because it's all getting a bit too hairy and they're basically... They've done their part so they're... But then that all goes pear-shaped when um, the the kind of big bad... The, uh, the the colonel the colonel no not the colonel, the lead like the president like oh the, the yeah dictator, so that's another the guy on that's all the posters up. and yeah. stuff there's gets, this
2: dictator this sort of political figure that he's set up he would be the essentially the, the prime um, minister
1: or the not prime minister obviously because it's being a dictatorship but like <laughs> the president or whatever like that but he gets on the train um and when the train gets again in, in a very similar scene to the start where the stagecoach is busted by the rebellion or by the the um by Juan's family the train is then stopped. Uh, that that John and and Juan are on and and the president has to make kind of like a a very um, uh, poor attempt at an escape and ends up reaching the same carriage that they're in Uh, and John um, gives Juan his gun and basically Juan gets revenge for what happened to his family and also to everyone else yeah. in the rebellion. and he avenges um, his family.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and he no he gets, longer cares about money. He no longer cares about it. He Which literally like, gets great. the offering from d- the he president. He still takes of like, the money. You know,
1: Yeah, he's like, yeah. this is yours, take it. Um, And, you know, it, it's understood that if he does it, he'll let the president go, and he very much doesn't do that. He shoots the president a couple times, kicks him off the train, and then takes money anyway because, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's how it goes. I've yeah. got the scene up. Okay. Uh, so let's put this thing to bed. Uh, you can edit this however you wish. Uh, I'm just so scared. I'm wrong now.
1: Do you want me to? Do you, do, you want, do you want? to put your microphone over to the thing? Or do you? Well, wanna... I'll
2: put it over. But then, like, if you we do, we can put the audio. Yeah. Yeah. If you do decide to,
1: I'm. How, before we play segment. it, how I am. I am ninety-eight percent sure that he says "duck you sucker."
2: I I was a hundred percent sure, but as it's one of those things right now that's it's like, it's like when you're like I'm hundred percent ready to do it, to do a bungee yeah. jump, and then you get up to the ledge, and you're like, Ugh.
1: I don't want to do this at all. All right, I regret everything. I think so. I've I got think... to
2: find. So he's number one. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the thumbnail, the screenshot, yeah. and he's not ducking. Okay, he's tipped his hat. So I'm just going to rewind it just
1: a little bit. So I think he says "duck you sucker." You think he says "short fuse." Short fuse. Okay. okay.
0: Short fuse. Oh! Oh!
2: Short fuse. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, he says short fuse when he frees well. Wow. I mean, again, I I was like, as the scene approached, and I was like, John's going to break him free, and he's going to say, duck, you sucker. Instead, he says, short fuse. So wait, 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 wait. Mute it for a
1: second, and then play it, because I want to see what happens after this, because all the rocks are coming.
2: Well, then, basically, yeah, he just a... he swings his bike in. I don't know where he got the bike from. Yeah, he's not driving it very oh, fast. Wow. Do you want to just watch the rest of the movie? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. He's...
1: No, I can see this. Uh, I was distracted by the egg drinking that happens in that scene. <laughs> you were thrown wow. by the egg drinking. Wow. Fair.
2: Okay. 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 It's a movie called You Sucker. Look, I just okay. So that so drink that... your egg, sucker. <laughs> this happens from time to time the Mandela effect is a real thing yeah that is a I, real thing I'm so, I, I am so sure genuinely this is a big debate Matt and I had as kids I genuinely didn't think Samuel L. Jackson was in the Star Wars prequel series really? remember yeah. I don't remember this at all <laughs> this was a massive debate there was a time had, where I was right this was a massive debate we had to put to bed at one what? point because I was like no he's not in it dude and you're like are you high? <laughs> Are you crazy he's not in it? He's like, I like I know it looks like him, it's not him. I and who the did reason you think it was? the reason I formed I don't know who it was, but the reason I formed the belief was at one at an MT movie awards, I forget which year, it's probably the year uh Revenge of the Sith came out, Samuel L. Jackson comes out and he's doing a speech, he's like presenting the next award or whatever. It was the year The Incredibles came out, I guess, because he makes this joke where he's like, uh, he he says something along the lines of, now for kids, yes, I am Frozone, and everyone's cheering yeah." And then he's like, now for adults, I think he says something along the lines of, "I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not Mace Windu because he was getting harassed by people going, oh, Mace, Mace, Mace. Yeah, right, right. But then he makes a joke where he's like, but I do have a lightsaber that says bad motherfucker. Uh, but you were like, Tyree, are you, are you fucking dumb? And I was like, no, I'm not. He said it. I saw him say it on the MTV right, Movie Awards. Right, 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 And right. then he, like a quick, a quick like Google on IMDb and you're like, Mace, Menace. Mace Windu. Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, wow. Okay. So yeah, um, anyway, well, oh yeah!
1: You got your revenge today. Short fuse, short baby. Fuse. Uh, I'm he, so vindicated right now. And he scuttles in like a like a crab into that into that
2: uh, Yeah, so then he like, does that little, yeah, little wall <laughs> scuttle thing yeah. that you hate. Right? <laughs> he scuttles in. Ugh. And he's like one
1: Yeah. Hey, maybe that's how he got t- so far like he traveled so quickly is he just used magic doors to like open <laughs> oh, portals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, using the power of screams. Um,
2: uh, maybe there's a connection there. Yeah, he found this he found this time traveling technology mm. and then using the technology too much turned him into <laughs> a monster. And then he became leader of the monsters. And now
1: all his teeth turned into all his legs. Um, He lived
2: long enough to see himself become the villain because... In Duck Saka he's a revolutionary, but in Monsters, Inc., he's a capitalist pig.
1: Yeah, I think we've recorded long enough to see ourselves become insane. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we should we, we should, should wrap, wrap up. But water. yeah, basically, basically, yeah. you know, you would have seen the movie. It'd be wild to listen to this podcast if you hadn't seen this particular movie because it is so unknown. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, uh, they, they rejoin uh, the revolution after escaping together um, from the train that was originally bound for America. They kill the, the kind of President, which is very much uncelebrated, um, in terms and of glorious, like the context yeah. of the the film, yep. it's very much hidden, and I think yep. again, just kind of commenting on the confusion that happens in these big, mm. big moments of these these things, uh, and then. They board a, tra- a new train. They're, they're very much with the Rebellion again. Um, John, uh, they reunite with the Doctor, who John knows to have betrayed a lot of their mm-hmm. freedom fighters. Yep. He puts him on a train with him to go and kind of... Uh, they know they're getting chased by the by the Colonel and his mm-hmm. men. Like, thousands of soldiers are on their way, so mm-hmm. they basically send a missile train in that direction, which John is not necessarily wanting the, uh, the, the Doctor to, to die in that moment. He's mm-hmm. just saying that if you want to save yourself feel free to jump off the train and yeah. i think he knows he just that wants the doctor
2: to, it seems like he just wants to scrutinize him a little bit scrutinize him and him also him
1: i think bit. that like you know he's got that experience of being back in ireland where his friend betrayed him and mm. did that same thing and but his friend also looked at him and nodded and said yeah take kill me because i don't want i can't live with myself anymore and yeah. i think that john knew that the doctor would be of the same mindset which he obviously clearly was i thought that was a really good moment in the film yeah um the doctor knows that he yeah. cuz he he kind of mm. makes up he kind of um Tries to justify what he's done where he's like, well what should I do? Just kill myself? Like yeah. you know, and an you know, that's the because yeah, just because yeah. I've I've given up my, my people, but the way he says it, you can tell he doesn't believe it. Like it's the it's the, the sentiment that like yeah. you you should have died. You should have been tortured and died rather than give up the, the names of these people. Yeah. And uh, says, and, I thought I would,
2: but yeah. you know, yeah. you put you once you're in that situation, you don't know until you're there, basically. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, um, so
2: the trains, the trains collided. They, they pancake explode, into each other, basically, and
1: this kind of sets up the final climax and action piece of the film, which is this incredibly big kind of f- firefight between the surviving Huge. soldiers and the um, freedom fighters. And again, yeah. sort
2: of like sort of channeling, sort of World War energy with that massive mm. like battlefield that they're lined mm. up against, and big all these guns going off. And, yeah. And yeah. then
1: John sadly, as as I kind of could see coming in that moment where mm. they have that really nice connection, Juan and John in the in the they heat lock of, the eyes. of the They lock eyes, yeah. give each other a big smile and thumbs up. Um and uh, you know, from this, this this relationship that started very, very differently and now they've kind of been swept up in this whole rebellion that they can't really escape from. And yeah, John John faces a couple bullets from, from uh the colonel. He... And then Juan is like absolutely ensconced by this and, and continues to shoot the colonel with this huge machine gun for a long time.
2: Yeah, and also, like, pushing his body yeah. across the field like a rag doll, with, the with the force of the force bullets, of the bullets yeah. which I didn't buy at all. but uh.
1: I kind of bought it. Not the way really? it's done because he's kind of looking like he's being dragged, but, like, yeah, I reckon those, bu- those bullets are pretty big I would have powerful. been,
2: like, much happier if he was just getting, like, ripped up like being that guy from <laughs> Robocop. I would have been way more involved with ripped that. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um ripped I thought me. I thought James Coburn's death noise was the funniest yes. thing.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> And then just can you get it? Can you, can you get it up? Because it's sort it's, of it's sort it is, of it's, 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 it's played it's, in slow motion, but they've yeah. obviously ADR'd his voice in to yeah. make sense. And he's just it like it's oh. So, it's, <laughs> yeah. oh,
1: like he's he's clenching all those thousands of teeth that he has, and it's,
2: it's almost like he was like shit. I was so close, yeah, it's, so it's, close. It's, it's,
1: and it's one of those moments where it's like the the sad climax of the film, but you find yourself just being like like kind of cracking up. <laughs> Can you go to it, please? I'm getting, it's so again I just good. got to
2: connect to the internet.
1: It's so good. Oh, um, but yeah, so man. so he's on his deathbed. They they have I, I couldn't actually understand what the last thing that jo, um, John says to Juan when when Juan is going to rush for help. Um,
2: all I, I know is that he asks for a light. He says, "Have you, light? Yeah, have you like a he light?" he does at the yeah. start. And yeah. again, the only time he asks for a light isn't to smoke a cigarette, it's really to light up some TNT.
1: Yeah. We don't have to get the the soundtrack if or the, the death noise if we can, not but it's, it's uh, a little bit of a God it's, God, it's funny.
2: It really is funny. Well, look, I tell you what. Insert it right here in post. You can do that. Yeah. You can do that. Oh. <laughs> Oh
1: uh, man, funny that's, stuff! That's, Fun that's, stuff. That's the film. It kind of ends with Juan being in this really desperate moment where he's lost everything. He's lost his family, and yeah. and
2: uh, and yeah, it is a it is a sad and lost John. final uh, cadence on the whole West. You know, the spaghetti western of yeah. sp- spaghetti westerns of Leone. It's yeah. um, it's this very strong, tough, brutish character, mm. almost childlike, asking mm. the audience, oh, "What do I do now? What do oh, do what about now? me? Yeah, yeah." Which is kinda yeah. sad. But it's not the is that the final shot? Yeah. It's of his face. What is what is your opinion or your takeaway on the menage artois? That came out of nowhere for me. Yeah. I
1: thought that uh Yeah, because Tyree's referring to um the flashbacks where John and his friend Sean and this woman who they're with in this these scenes. Who I, for me? I took it to believe that he that was Sean's sister, and that John had fallen in love with her, and they were just kind of hanging out together. Yeah, I just thought the um, Sean
2: guy was third wheeling. That
1: yeah, was... as like the brother, and that and the, that kind of made the the betrayal that John that John faced even worse mm. back in Ireland was that it's like my, your own brother in law kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I th- came out a little bit of left field for me. I didn't really know what to make of it. Didn't really do any. Wasn't like a big, like, oh my god, what? It was more just like, oh, okay. That relationship's a bit different than I thought, uh, but it didn't really adjust. What what did it do for you?
2: Yeah, uh, well, not much. I was very confused by it. And I remember saying. I was
1: put off by the way James Coburn kisses. he really, His face gets he all smooshed up, and it's I was, really like. I was but it was in slow motion, so that I doubt anyone would look very good in that.
2: They'd be kissing, and then his friend Sean would just be like tapping. Yeah, tapping him like, like, oh, like, ah. Oh. Oh. Nice, good guys. Well, all right, come give on. me a gore. I had a few takeaways. Some of them plucked right from the very fine film criticism board known as Reddit. Uh, Hmm. One of them is anyway, but shoot. So it's, yes, John, Sean, and this woman have some sort of love triangle going on between the three, some sort of uh, menage a trois. So the way I saw it was either, either Sergio Leone was trying to inadvertently imply that or suggest that, or show that John and Sean were lovers, and rather than overtly getting them to kiss or anything mm. like that, he was like, "Well, if I just add in a woman, and they both kiss the woman, they're sort of sharing a kiss." Put a lady inside
1: this man sandwich. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah exactly. <laughs> for the for and the audience. And thus the making day. the betrayal more intense. Yeah. He could be making some comment about how nostalgic Sean or uh, John was for his revolution back home in Ireland, mm. and he's just sort of making everyone share this sort of you know, universal love with each other. Um, someone made the suggestion that maybe John, this is the one I got from Reddit, I think, was that maybe John somehow felt as if Sean had stolen his girl and thus he's the one who turned Sean in and Sean's the one who ends up being mm. tortured and then turning everyone else in. Mm. Thus, John shares more guilt in that whole thing than mm. where we're, we're at first led to believe. I guess I took it to Could mean that. One of that those things. It's I, I, strange. I, I
1: think they're all really good. Ta- I took it to mean that basically, Leone was saying that in his final moments, John is thinking of the people that he loved, as opposed to the country that he fought for. So the con- ah. he's putting the revolutions in context where he's like, John and Juan are two men who are fighting for their countries even though it's in very different ways. Mm-hmm. But the thing that the thing that they're fighting for is their families and the people they love and they're going to be, be the people who they think of and who have paid the price and all that kind of – like, again, just kind of leveling all of this big stage stuff into a very human level that we mm-hmm. can kind of see and the the cost of this stuff. So that's kind of how I saw it a little bit. And so the relationship mm-hmm. stuff didn't really matter to me. It was just that they were three – whether they were three lovers or, or mm. like, you know, um, friends or whatever they were. Like, it's, you know, it was mm. it was the same effect of, like, they mean a lot to each other. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, he's thinking about what he's lost.
2: I remember shouting at the movie. I was kind of done at this point. Once again, I checked out. This. Oh, yeah, that's hot. <laughs> no, I was just saying, this is so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, uh, revolutionaries man. just don't scare like they used to. <laughs>
1: Oh well, that's 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 it, folks. That's, well, that's s- Monsters Inc. for you guys. Yeah, that's Hope you uh, enjoyed this Monsters Inc. Review. The second <laughs> in the Once Upon a Time trilogy, by Sergio. Um, we wow. will be back next week. Uh, our final in the uh, Once Upon a Time trilogy, and then we'll take a a week break as we do between trilogies. So but we, we can will, ruminate. We can ruminate. Stew. We, can, we can watch the films that we need to watch for the next trilogy, which yep. we will find out. What oh that God. is next episode, the wheel, the wheel, the wheel. Where is it going to spin us next? Um, Who knows? But yeah, uh, yeah, I like this movie. It's
2: good. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I like the movie too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh at my opinion. Uh, um, yeah, so it's join- definitely an interesting movie. I'll say that it much. is. It's, and it's, it's, cool it's, it's
1: interesting how little it's known. It's that's known about it. Yeah. I think the name has some so much to do with that. Oh, my. And yes. the poster as well. The poster is so strange for this movie.
2: Again, like, the tank's everywhere. And I'm like, come on, the tank's got to go off. It doesn't do a thing. Yeah. Blows up real quick. Yeah. Um, but thanks for listening. Um,
1: you know, like, subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends. Uh, we're gonna keep doing it regardless. So we don't care what you do. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can go hang, <laughs> hang them high. But also,
2: please like and
1: please, subscribe. Please, please listen. Um, thank you. For anyone who has listened listened this far into the episode. It's a it's a long and but it's a long movie. So uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with Once Upon a Time in America. In America.
2: Oh yeah, baby, it's gonna be good.
0: Give me that revolution, Uh Sullivan!